What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode 24. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. It's good to be here with you today. It's good to be here with you today, too, sir. When are you getting a Republican shirt for this year? Yeah, I don't know when Donald Trump wins the nomination, I that's guess. That's where you're going? That's no, how you're I, mean, I, I, I don't know that I could wear a Trump shirt. Uh, no, we'll see what happens. I didn't get this until obviously he even declared and then had a vice presidential candidate. So this was. Yeah, I, I thought as soon as they did merchandise, I remember you. I did, but I was waiting for him to. Oh, uh, you didn't want just the Romney shirt. You right. wanted the you wanted the the VP. When he picked Paul him. Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Very capable young man. Yeah, very jacked. Yeah, remember his what is the PX eighty or whatever the fuck they call it? the, uh, the PX ninety. Yeah, yeah, no. whatever. They had like all these pictures of him working out. No, looking yeah. like a doofus. What was that? PX ninety is not right either. I know oh. what you're talking about though. Oh look. Ah, oh, this is one of those things that'll drive you crazy. Everyone at home screaming. You put it on the doorknob. You do this thing. You put a little it band. It, it just shakes you. Yeah, PX90. It is PX90. No, P90X. P90X. No, but then, wait, no. I'm saying PX90, but then this says P90X workout, but this, all this says P90X. P90X is the real thing. You think so? Yeah. Go, now, put in P90X Paul Ryan. Or, uh, yeah. P90X Paul Ryan. Yeah, you're right. P90X. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one he... Yeah. So there's both. It says both. I guess people are just making typos. Yeah, I think a lot of people are making typos. You okay there? Yeah. Your microphone giving you trouble? Yeah. Okay. Hey, I haven't talked to you. You've been gone. I haven't. Uh, how was your weekend? It was good. Did you play any games? Did you play any uh, Vita stuff? No, not really. It was no. kind of busy. Yeah. You know, so I haven't played anything since uh, last we talked, I don't think. I mean, Layers of Fear and Saturday Morning RPG were still the most recent games I played. I gotcha. got Far Cry Primal, which I'll start tonight. Sure. I'm looking forward to that very much. Did you beat Far Cry 4? No. I platinum Far Cry three. I got really far in Far Cry four. Um, I pretty m- I played Far Cry four for probably twenty five hours. I mean, I'm like yeah. really crazy with that shit, getting yeah. like every treasure sure. and the stuff posts, like that for no yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. well, not the outposts, the treasures. Well, you guys no trophies for any of this stuff. I just like the, I like for the map to be clean. Oh yeah, well, I, like, I need to I like, like getting do the outposts because then it spreads out your you know sure. what you can see in the, like, that's just the beginning of my troubles. Sure, it's a very Witcher three situation. I think something else came out and then I just that's the same thing with me. Yeah, I've, I've it's playing, Far Cry. It's I've been playing Far Cry Primal, but I think I'm probably done with it. I enjoyed myself fine. It's a fine game kind of thing you know what i mean but it's the same thing that happened with far cry 4 where i played a lot of it and i was just like all right i played the i only played it for half an hour when our you know going in cold with our let's play on youtube.com slash kind of funny games people can check that out because people thought it was quite funny but um it, it's funny because i know it's not in the game but i immediately was like can i just have a gun yeah like that's all i wanted because like gun that I, shoots pebbles like flintstones or yeah something. like i just beating shit you know I, like beating animal i felt like i was sure. getting attacked by a million animals i think mean, it's very realistic yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We uh, weren't but, on top of the food chain, folks. But my favorite thing was uh, lighting uh, my staff or my uh, like my club on fire, and then just holding, I like, holding the, down attack. And people then just, put the gif out of yeah. you laughing maniacally as you burn things alive. <laughs> it was, was fun good. as hell, man. Like that yeah. show was fun. But yeah, we'll see how far I get into it. The trophies look good. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But sure. um, that's that's next on the list. And then Hitman, which I know you've played. Mm, yeah, I've played Hitman. Vita. I played a lot of Hitman. Um, <clears throat> I'll save that until we go. We are going away next week. So see, I got too many games piling up for the going away. So I got to start clearing them out because I got Hitman Go and I'm going to platinum. I'm going to eventually platinum volume on there. I'm blanking on the other one. On, oh, Lego Marvel Avengers. I'm going to platinum on the Vita as well. So now it's getting to the point that I have too many because what's going to happen is I'll keep sitting on them, thinking I'll get to them, and then more stuff will come out. And I'll never. I still never touched a boy in his blob. Yeah, that's that a good going. one. Uh, the Cold Steel. People keep telling me to play. Yeah, I just don't know you're ever going to get to that. Yeah, I start. I gotcha, started into it, but then something happened immediately, and I had to stop. Playing. I don't like the way it starts. Gonna be honest, with with I don't because I don't like the games the that bats. start. I don't like games that start where you're super strong and now you're not strong anymore. Like mm-hmm. Castlevania Symphony of the Night's really the only example of a game I, I can think of that does it because it does sure. it quickly, sure, and it's in a satisfying sort of way. Yeah, yeah. But this game, like, 
I don't know. I didn't know what was going on, and I don't have time to really deal with it right now. Gotcha. But one day, maybe I'll, you know, I will go back to it. I had intended to play it a little bit in San Diego, but I just got busy. a lot of things to do yeah. down there. I feel I feel like that happens all the time with my Vita, where I take it somewhere. And I'm like, I'm gonna play this a lot on this trip, and then I'm tired yeah. in the plane, and I fall asleep, and then I wake up, and then it's wherever we are. On our trip next week, I'll probably be playing it a lot. Okay, okay. I, I also hi- tried I hibernate. I told uh, Tron Runner tried that tried Tron Runner. How is it? Yeah. What what is is it? Is runner. it like Race the Sun? No, it's not nearly as cool as that. But is it like that perspective? Yeah. From behind, you're running, you're this dude, and then you like, you know, collect power-ups, you start going faster, you jump over stuff, you eventually get like a little shoot mechanic kind of thing, stuff. It's fine. Not, you know who made it, though? No. Sanzaru. Really? Yeah. yeah. They're getting some work done there. Yeah. Down south. Cool. I'll have to get a code for that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, this is PSI Love You XOXO. It is! Kind of funny.com's PlayStation Podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. And it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. as one big MP3 wherever you get your MP3s. And of course, one big YouTube video over at youtube.com slash kind of funny games. So go there, subscribe, like it, share it with your friends, tweet about it, say it's, it's cool. Use the hashtag PSILoveYouXOXO. Buy shirts occasionally. Call your mother right now. Pause the show and call her. Say, Greg says hello top of the morning to you. Colin, mm. let's begin the show with what is, and forever will be, Roper's Report. <laughs> Time for some singular possessive news. There are 12 items on the list. A baker's oh, my mouse is off. dozen. Please turn your mouse back that's why, on. That's why it's not working. Please what turn your mouse back on. Here. There we go. Please that's be excited for your mouse to be turned on. All right, number one. <clears throat> the 19th annual Dice Awards just happened this past weekend in the Las Vegas. Here are the award winners. So we'll go through this. Dice Awards, obviously, very prestigious industry awards mm-hmm. for video game excellence. All the developers get together, get dressed up, go to the Dice Awards. Um, and here's what they had to say. So this comes from IGN, this list. So it's Outstanding Achievement in Animation. Mm-hmm. The nominees were Assassin's Creed Syndicate, Batman, Arkham Knight, Ori in the Blind Forest, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and The Order 1886. Should I go through all of these like this? Yeah, yeah I, I might. We'll see. I'm, you know, I'm not going to. What I did is I went through the winners, and then when the winner caught me off guard, I talked about that. All right, category. let's do that instead. Outstanding achievement in animation, Ori in the Blind Forest. Of course. Outstanding achievement in art direction, Ori in the Blind Forest. Of course. Outstanding achievement in character, Rise of the Tomb Raider, e- Lara Croft. Talk about who it's up against. Assassin's Creed Syndicate, yeah. Evie Fry, Her Story, Hannah Smith, Life is Strange, Max, and The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, Geralt of Rivia. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Tomb Raider. You know this. Mm-hmm. What up, Nicole Tan? But in terms of character... Lara Croft in Rise of the Tomb Raider over Max in Life is Strange? Yeah, they're going to say her story because she won. Her story as well, but her story is different because you're not playing as that character. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to think of how I would come at it if I uh, for making a case. Sure. In making a case, I would say Max in this journey she goes on. I don't feel like Lara Croft is incredibly different by the end of this mm. journey. She isn't, like, fleshed out in this, you know, crazy-ass way. As usual, the game was a lot of fun to play, and I enjoyed exploring the environment, and I can't... Right, right now, th- two months removed now, what the hell happened in that game? You know what I mean? There was a lot of ice. I don't know. Outstanding achievement in original music composition, Ori in the Blind Forest. Outstanding achievement in sound design, Star Wars Battlefront. Lasers. Outstanding achievement in story, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. What was that up against? <clears throat> Fallout 4, mm-hmm. Her Story, Tales of the Borderlands, and Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah. See, I think that's got some stiff competition, but I think you can make it easily. I can say, okay, Witcher, good job. Outstanding technical achievement, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Yeah, the beautiful world, huge. Action game of the year, so I'll read these all. It's Destiny the Taken King, Helldivers which is awesome. Just Cause 3, Star Wars Battlefront, and Splatoon, Star Wars Battlefront 1. 
Adventure Game of the Year. Batman Arkham Knight, Life is Strange, Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain, Ori in the Blind Forest, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain 1. I have no idea how that's Such an adventure a traditional game. adventure game. I, I don't actually understand how literally any of those games, but Life is Strange, maybe, is an adventure game. I know. The we fuck gotta, does that we mean? We gotta sit down with everybody. Every, Arkham Knight. Every person. Action. Third person action game. Life is Strange. Okay, it's a walking simulator, kind of, I guess. Not really. It's a. St- it's, it's, a, a, it's, a, it's, a it's, it's an adventure-ish game. Yeah. Sure. Metal Gear like Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, third-person stealth shooter. Uh-huh. Or in the Blind Forest, it's a Metroidvania side-scroller. Rise of the Tomb Raider, third-person shooter. Don't understand how that they're adventure games, but okay. Family I, you game. You go on an adventure, I guess. Family game of the year: Guitar Hero Live, Lego Dimensions, Rock Band Four, Super Mario Maker, and Tearaway Unfolded were the options or the nominees. Super Mario Maker won. Fighting game of the year, only three nominees. Rising Thunder, Dead or Alive 5, Last Round, and Mortal Kombat X, Mortal Kombat 1. Racing game of the year, only three. Top, uh, Project Cars, Need for Speed, and Forza Motorsport 6, Forza 1. Role-playing slash massively multiplayer game of the year. I don't know why you'd put those together. Because you don't uh, have many MMOs, probably. Bloodborne, Fallout 4, Pillars of Eternity, The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, and Undertale were the, were the nominees. Fallout 4 won. Interesting. Sports game of the year. FIFA 2016, Madden NFL 2016, MLB 15, The Show, NBA 2K16, and Rocket League. Rocket League won. Good job, Dunham. Strategy Simulation Game of the Year. Speaking of Dunham, he's going to be on the Gamescast Mm -hmm. very soon. Strategy Simulation Game of the Year. City Skyline, Fallout Shelter, Grey Goo, Heroes of the Storm, and Kerbal Space Program were nominated. Heroes of the Storm won. Dice Sprite Award. I have no idea what the fuck that means. Her Story, Galaxy, Kerbal Space Program, Rocket League, and Undertale were the nominees. Rocket League won. Handheld Game of the Year. Earth Defense Force 2, Invaders from Planet Space, Helldivers, Pokemon, Super Mystery Dungeon, and Yokai Watch were the nominees. Helldivers won. Hell yeah. Mobile Game of the Year, no one cares. Outstanding Achievement in Online Gameplay. I'm okay. Mobile Game, in case for the two of you out there that care. Dominations, Fallout Shelter, Lara Croft Go, Pac-Man 256, and The Room 3 were nominated. Fallout Shelter won. Outstanding Achievement in Online Gameplay. Destiny, The Taken King, Halo 5, Guardians, Hearthstone, Rocket League, and Splatoon were nominated. Rocket League won. Damn right. Outstanding, achieve- Outstanding Achievement in Game Design. Fallout 4, Her Story, Lara Croft Go, Massive Chalice, and The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt were nominated. Witcher 3 won. Outstanding Achievement in Game Direction. Fallout 4, Life is Strange, Rise of the Tomb Raider, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, and Undertale were all nominated. Fallout 4 won. And the Game of the Year. Bloodborne, Fallout 4, Ori in the Blind Forest, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt were nominated. And Fallout 4 won. Hmm. A weird list. Yeah, if I do say so. Yeah, they, it was it's it's a, one of those award shows that I have no idea how the voting went, but it strikes me as it would have been. Well, we're giving this game so many awards, this game has to get something. Break up action adventure into action and adventure. That way, we can give out more awards. Sure. And do this, that, and the other. And explain but, to me how any of those games were adventure games. A lot of love for Fall, or for Witcher on that list, and then <laughs> Game of the Year going to Fallout's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't like. get it. You saw it the opposite way with most of the enthusiast sites. Hmm. Uh, number two. Speaking of Fallout 4, Fallout 4's first wave of DLC add-ons has been announced, not only beating out the common prediction that they would be revealed right before or at E3 in June, but that they'll be available for purchase before June, too. <gasps> the first DLC pack is called Automatron. It will come out in March. There's a spelling error here. Fix it. Uh, cost $9.99 and will revolve around building and modding, quote, custom robot companion, uh, companions, end quote. The second DLC pack is called Wasteland Workshop. It will come out in April, costs $4.99. And will revolve around capturing and then pitting in battle against each other, live creatures and humans alike. The big DLC pack, Far Harbor, will come out in May and cost $24.99. This will bring you to an all-new map off of the coast of Maine called Far Harbor, where radiation levels are heightened, creating a more dangerous landscape to explore. Bethesda calls it, quote, the largest landmass for an add-on that we've ever created, end quote, and will be full of quests and other things to do. Unfortunately, 
Because Bethesda's DLC plans have been evolved have evolved into something much bigger than initially designed. The season pass will increase the cost from twenty nine ninety nine to forty nine ninety nine. The price increase goes into effect on March first. You can still buy it until then to twenty nine ninety nine for twenty nine ninety nine. So pounce now if you're sure you want it, as you will save twenty bucks. So I want to repeat that: if you are listening to this before March first, two thousand sixteen, you can get the DLC for Fallout, the DLC season pass for Fallout Four for twenty nine ninety nine. After that, it will cost you forty nine ninety nine. This is very similar to what Dying Light did. Right. I bought it over the weekend to make sure I was ready. Phil M. 2791 wrote in and said, Hey, Greg and Colin. Bethesda re- recently announced the season pass for Fallout 4 is increasing in price from $29.99 to $49.99 due to the bundling of even more content into 2016. This price increase instant taking effect until... It isn't taking it far. He's replaying this. I think Bethesda is trying to sell more season passes between now and March 1st because of the perceived discount. I think... They will see a huge increase of people buying the season pass now because of the value. Do you think Bethesda is trying to push the season pass with this announcement? Thanks for everything you two do for the PlayStation community, Philip. Yes. Do you think it's? But here's the thing: when Dying Light did it, I think on this show we applauded them mm-hmm. and said thank you for being upfront about it. We have more because they, they were like we have more content than we thought we would. We you know we want to make more money off of this kind of thing da, 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 to justify what we're doing here. Do you think that Fallout saw that? And was like, we're going to say that too, even though this has always been what we knew? Or do you think they really had a come-to-Jesus moment of like, this is bigger than we thought it was going to be, and we actually have more value here? No, my assumption is that Fallout 4 sold better than they thought it was going to sell. I, th- I think that they thought it was going to do great, but I think Fallout 4 murdered mm-hmm. uh, instead of killed, let's say. Same kind of sure, thing, sure, but sure, you know, sure. different verbiage. Uh, and they probably were like, all right, well, Far Harbor was probably already in, in development for a long time. Of course. <clears throat> they might have plans beyond that now. That might have been the end. You know, like they've just been like, well, this is it. And, right. Um, so they're probably like, well, we can extract more money from people and do more DLC. It'll be cheaper for us to do that. We can split half the team off to do Elder Scrolls, whatever they're going to do next. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's them pushing the DLC pack to get more people to buy it of course. Right, right away without really knowing what's in it. And then I think it's them saying, you know, the evolution of the, the DLC plans probably really did happen. They were probably like, Good. well, we can support this for longer. That's what I want to believe. That's what I want to think, that they saw this and understood what they were getting into. That's my theory. Like, yeah. All right, go. Colin, I got another one for you. Mm. These, of course, come from kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, where you can go to get your question asked, just like Steven did. Steven says... Hey, Greg and Colin. Love the work you guys do since beyond. I created an account to ask about Fallout 4. I have a very love-hate relationship with Fallout 4, as I love questing in the world that Bethesda created and went as far as platinuming the game. But the game is too tied into settlement system to the point of infuriating me beyond belief. I believe... The, system, the settlement system took away from Fallout 4 as they created so many locations to the with the point of them only being for radiant settlement quests rather than creating them to find unique quests and stories within the wasteland. With the announcement of Fallout 4 DLC having packs specific to the settlement system, are you worried that the settlement system will be further incorporated into more of the games, such as Elder Scrolls 6? I personally think... It would only work if they focused on two to three large settlements rather than the 30. Yes, there are 30 small ones given to you in Fallout 4. What do you guys think? Sincerely, Stephen. You know what? I mean, do you think that this is a speaking to the larger issue? Do you think that they're into this settlement system where in the next Elder Scrolls you'll be doing this? I hope not. I Me mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of reaction they've gotten from this. But I it seems feel like, like it's been negative. I, th- I think so, too. But if they're they're still moving forward with. What is it called here? But I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, go ahead and read it. Wasteland Workshop, the whole which seems to be revolving around. Oh no, that's not it. No, well, I guess neither of them are really about that. Come to think of it, it but seems parts to, be, to it. Already. Yeah, it seems to be about the minutia of like. That's not what's interesting about this game to me. Of course, and I think, but I think honestly, I do think that that's 
something they see. I think the fact of like these having settlement tie-ins, right, is the fact that, okay, we have been working on this for months. We were, were working on these before we released Fallout. Now Fallout's out, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm, re- but I'm on Reddit, and I'm on my own Twitter, and I see all these different things, and people talk about the trophy all the time. It doesn't seem like, there's people who don't do like it. The one-off who just, oh, I've spent, you know, 45 minutes building my town out or whatever, da 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 but even Christine, who did that in the beginning. Minutes, that's not that long time. But I mean, like, 45 minutes set of, like, we, I finally get access and I just sit there and all oh, I've done okay. is this. You know what I mean? People have these things where they've got they've played the game way longer than they should have because they're out there doing this one thing. Uh, even Christine, who was super into it, didn't, like, like got into it but didn't love it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel people love it. And so I really hope it's not going to... Th- I would like to think that that's the overarching reaction to it because that's my reaction. It's your reaction. I don't want to see it in the next Elder Scrolls. I want to see it played down in all these. I don't. I don't want the new, uh, uh, you know, my new map in Maine or whatever to have to have me build settlements and do all this shit. I don't want to do that. No, I hope not. I, I, yeah, this seems to me to be. A, you know, we talk about the reactionary nature of game design. Yeah. People copying what Fallout's done, for instance, and what Bethesda Game Studios is so aptly and and talent, you know, done with a lot of talent over that studio, and people kind of replicating that what they're doing, and making it better. Like a lot of people think The Witcher Three is really a, a riff on that, but. These things seem to be a riff on other shit that's happening like in the industry that I don't feel like fits in the Fallout 4. There was way too much. Again, I don't think it's to the extent because I know people get mad at me when I say Witcher 3 is too dense. I don't really care. I mean, it is too dense for me. Um, But uh, Fallout 4 was too dense as well. But in a more overwhelming way where I was like, uh, I want to quest. I want to explore. But like, why are they like, I don't want like there's too many fucking companions. There's too much customization of these weapons and like too much settlement shit. I'm like, I just want can't you just give me quests like lots of quests to do and like give me some rudimentary kind of shit to do with the, you know I like putting together the scope with the the barrel and all you know that's fine but like it gets a little out of control the, the game gets is like way out of control it really like when I really sat and thought about it more like academically in a way about like the approach of the game it's like 10 times more complicated than Fallout 3 when you really think oh, about yeah, it yeah of course and I'm like why why did you have to take a step that big you know, like, why are you running in that direction all of a sudden? Like, if don't you want to slowly walk in that direction? If they direction? play it too close to the vest, right, and they don't do any things, or they just make these small changes, people are like, well, you didn't do enough. I guess. I mean, I don't think that they maybe did enough anyway. They well, because they, they invested much. in things that you and I don't care that much about, yeah. right? I do stand by the fact that I feel like even with these big jumps that I like, I like crafting the gun and making the gun different. That's yeah, fine. I like the, the plethora of companions, so I get to pick the one I want, but then I just picked one. And, you know what I mean? I was Nick forever, and then I was Kiri forever. I'll be Kiri forever in the DLC. If I only use dog meat. Yeah, I understand. That's that. it. But you didn't get super deep. Like, how many did you unlock? No, a few. I, mean, I played for like 25 hours. But I mean, there's like a gajillion of them. So, yeah. No, I know, but that's like, that's not like. I'm just saying to your it's point. It's not what's interesting. Overwhelmed. I know. I know. I'm just yep. saying to your point of being overwhelmed or whatever, that it gets worse. There's more of them or whatever. Yeah, I don't want any of that. Yeah. I have the super mutant dude and some other people. Yeah. It still feels like Fallout 3, but then there's just all this bonus stuff on there, but it's not bonus stuff that for me moves it past what Fallout 3 did. I mean, I think it's the better version. I think it's, you know, this, but it is just, I look at it and I play it and I enjoy it, and it's just more Fallout 3. Souped up Fallout 3. Yeah, I don't know. I got to think about it more. You know, like, I got to go back to it at some point, I guess. But I don't know if I really want to. You're not going to. Because Far Harbor sounds pretty cool. Yeah. You know, very point look. But you'll be able of. to get into that without that. Well, yeah, yeah, I might, I might play I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, there's just too many other games to play. Sure. You got to move on. We cannot be slaves to these games. You can't Greg. be up a game's ass. No. As you always say. No, this life is too short. Just not playing games that I don't want to play. I, I, <laughs> some people just like... I just don't want to be up video games ass, you know, like, like, you know again, I, mean? I, I kind of get it. I'm just going to say it again yeah, in the okay. exact way I said it. I hope that you get a different <laughs> interpretation of it. No, like I just, it, video games aren't fun when I'm playing them like all the fucking time. They're just right. not, they, I don't think they've ever really been. I mean, I've played a lot of games in my life, but you know, like my mom used to say when I was a kid, like go play outside. Like, let me give you an home. example. I Here played hockey go. for like my whole childhood sure. and teen sure. years, right? All year. 
and I travel a lot for that. And I look forward to getting home to play, you know, because I had other things to do. I'd be gone like all weekend most of the time, sure, playing in tournaments or whatever. And then I get home and I, and when I get do do my homework after you know and eat dinner, so I'd play a game for a few hours like every night. And I was like, this is fun. Yeah. And then I'd disappear and play more hockey, and I'd look forward to it. So that's what I mean by being up a game's ass, where people are like, just let's play, 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 play. And I'm like, why? Doesn't make you less of a gamer. Doesn't make you less knowledgeable either. Mm-hmm. You know. So Fallout is one of those games where I'm like, yeah, it's just not. See, that's why you won't get back to it. Because you always say, you always lead with don't be up a game's ass. And then you say the more rational or at least clear point of just don't play games you don't want to play. And since you already don't want to play Fallout, you're not going to play Fallout at least until this comes out. And we'll see if you like that. We'll see. We will see. Number three, you can sign up to beta test the next major firmware update for Woo. PlayStation 4. Word comes by way of the PlayStation blog, which announced that you can sign up for the beta program, which will begin in early March. If selected, you will be given early access to the new firmware update to test. Wait. That didn't do anything. There we go. New firmware update to test it out and provide feedback. And we'll be able to roll back to the previously publicly available firmware update whenever you want. So there's no risk unless it bricks your system. Of course. Uh, you can go to PlayStation Blog, find the post there, blog.us. Or US. What the fuck is it? No, it's blog.us. Just, just put, go into Google and put PlayStation Blog. Yeah, US. it's blog.us. I type it every day of my life for like nine years. Well, then it starts autofilling and you just forget about it. Blog.us.playstation.com. There's a post there. Go on that. Click on the link inside the post. You can go sign up for the beta test if you get chosen. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't either. Yeah, I mean, the the retail one breaks PS4s all the time. The one they're testing on is not going to break your PS4? Come on now. Son. Number four. It looks like Bioshock is indeed getting a next-gen collection, even though publisher 2K hasn't even announced it yet. MCV reports that Brazil's game rating board is rated a Bioshock collection that will include Bioshock, one of the great games of all time, Bioshock 2 and Bioshock Infinite, and that it would come to both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 3 as well as other platforms. This is the second time the collection leaked. South African retailer Raru had a listing for it back in September of 2015. It's exciting news, not surprising. Think it's going to coincide with some sort of announcement of the third game. Sure. Where it's really the fourth game. Of course, Bioshock 3, you have to assume it'll be called. Um, I'm excited about it. I fucking love Bioshock. Yeah. I'll play I'll play in Platinum Bioshock again. But it's really hard. It is. But it's so good. That no Vita Chamber shit, man. That mm. game is so I love it. Good. I love Bioshock, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. No Vita Chamber. I think playing it on hard as well. Yeah. Okay. The the uh, I did it. It was a pain in the ass, but it was worth it because that game's so good. It's just Bioshock's too good because it makes other games look really bad. Sure. You know what I mean? A lot of other games like don't. Any game that has an audio diary that I have to like sit there and do nothing with that's what, that drives me crazy. Mm. Bioshock had it right. I get the audio diary. I get to listen while I explore around the environment. Awesome. Perfect. There's Thank nothing. You. There's no feeling like a big daddy in that game like when you walk around and skulk around them and they don't pay attention to you and you know that it's time it's to down. fight them yeah, yeah like and you just walk in and you take a deep breath and you're like and you use whatever you know skills you have in your guns and you just hope for the very fucking best it's so good like that feeling of dread but knowing you have to do it yeah it's so good that game is so good dude I fucking love Bioshock if you haven't played Bioshock yet and you don't want to wait for the PS4 version just go download it or buy it on PS3 I think you can probably download it but if not go buy the retail version you on PS3 or on Xbox 360 or on PC and uh, if you're not wowed by that game I don't know what, what you could possibly want out of a video game you know narrative gameplay it's got ambience and environment Rapture is fucking awesome what a cool place and you know I really love it because I'm an Ayn Rand fan and it's making fun of her <clears throat> number five. March's full roster of free games isn't yet known for PlayStation Plus, but we do know one of them. 
Broforce will be available for this uh, for the month due to the PlayStation Plus vote that took place last week. Broforce edged out Action Hank and Assault Android Cactus for the win, meaning that while these games won't be free in March, they will be 30% off from March 8th through March 21st. So, great guys. Stop voting so they can get rid of this stupid program and then we have bigger surprises for PlayStation Plus because now we know a sixth of the roster and I don't like that. But you would have, I mean, it's just, it's an early surprise. You get the full surprise coming up soon. But now a portion of it's been given to you. You get an appetizer to the rest of PlayStation Plus, Colin. You're going to get a surprise soon if you keep your shit up. I don't know what the fuck you promise. I don't even know what the surprise is. I think of that too. Number six. <laughs> the Division's DLC will be exclusive to Xbox One for 30 days, according to, games, according to a GameStop video dug up by GameSpot. After the 30-day window wanes, the DLC will come to PlayStation 4. Yay! Unknown what happens to PC. No one cares about PC. Now, it sucks. Yeah, PC sucks. No, th- well, that's true, 100%. This sucks, though. This news sucks as well. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. PC gaming sucks, and this news sucks. Uh, PC gaming's only good if you're in, like, 1982 and you want to play Minesweave, or you're a baby. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Xbox One, 30-day exclusivity. Yeah. Not a huge surprise. Ubisoft jumps back and forth. You got to keep everyone happy. I probably should stop doing it. I don't like it even when it comes early to PlayStation for stuff. It's not every had their fucking stuff. I can't remember the last time something came early to PlayStation I even cared about, in terms of DLC. Sure. Number seven. Speaking of the division, its beta was officially a massive success. The open beta, which is now all wrapped up, had 6.4 million players across all applicable platforms. The average beta tester spent five hours or so with the game, with a third of players going into PvP modes. This makes the division's beta the biggest of the new generation. The game launches on March 8th. Yes. Very soon. Two weeks from the day this podcast publishes. Yes. I'm very excited for it. To the day. I want to get crazy with this game. I hope it works out. Number eight. Dark Souls three, Dark Souls three's season passes leaked, according to an Australian Xbox store listing spotted by VG twenty four seven. Unfortunately, few other details are known about it. Other than that, the season pass gives access, according to the listing, to two post release DLC packs that haven't yet been announced. The DLC packs are merely described as including new maps, bosses, enemies, armor, and weaponry. Dark Souls three launches in early April. Ooh, you gonna play it? No, I didn't know Bloodborne whetted your appetite. <clears throat> I'm I'm 10 times more likely to play more Bloodborne. Number nine. What will happen to Assassin's Creed once it does return from its hiatus in 2017? It'll be a huge success. According... There's a typo here. According to Ubisoft CEO Yves Gilmont via GameSpot, quote, the goal is not automatically to come back to an annual cycle, but to come on a regular basis. We saw it was time to give it lots of time so developers could really work on the property and all of the mechanics to make sure we could take the series to another level. What we are seeing today is promising. We will later we will be able to come back. I'm sorry. We will be able to come back on a regular basis, but we can't say every year, end quote. And then Ubisoft CFO Elaine Martinez said the following, quote, We have focused one of our best teams behind what we are working on, Assassin's Creed. We have given them all the time for releasing something that we hope to be exceptional. We are setting up rules so they will have enough time to polish the game and come with something really exceptional. So this is what we have for our first priority. Then after that, if we feel like we are in the right direction and that we can continue the path and we have enough innovation for the next one, we might come with the next one in the next year. But it's no longer something that will be set up every year. End quote. Smart. Yeah. I still think it would be smarter if they just come back with this one and they say, this is it for right now. and Because t- there's going to be feedback you want to take. And if you're trying to get on this nine-month turnaround cycle, you're not going to be able to get that implemented into the game. What if it's an 18-month turnaround? That I'm fine with. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? I, I just don't want to see them come back and be like, we will be here next year. Sure. I'm glad they're not committing to annualizing this right out of the gate when they come back. Sure. Let it breathe. Take some feedback. Fix it. Number 10. Speaking of Ubisoft, the company revealed a bit more about its new AAA unannounced IP, which is cursorily revealed, which was cursorily revealed. Typos. 
earlier this month. CFO Elaine Martinez said, quote, it is a multiplayer centric. So clearly it is following the path of For Honor, Ghost Recon and Rainbow Six. So it's going to be strongly multiplayer centric with a strong solo side also. A lot of strong things happen in this. We'll see. I don't want to no conjecture necessary until we know what it is. No, just some game they're doing great. Cool. Number 11. Activision has suffered a round of layoffs at its Minneapolis, Minnesota office following disappointing sales of Guitar Hero and Skylanders. Word comes by way of Game Informer, which received the following statement from Activision, quote, As announced on our earnings call, our games for core audiences did extremely well, but the casual audience has not yet emerged on next-gen consoles. So we are refocusing to better align with Activision's long-term priorities because, as always, our strategy evolves to keep us ahead of rapidly changing industry. We are working with those impacted by the changes to offer outplacement services and support, end quote. Uh, our very best, obviously, goes out to all those affected of by course. the news. And I, I would love sorry. to know what they thought Guitar Hero sales were going to be. You know what I mean? I was of two minds with Guitar Hero and Rock Band, both of which sold soft. So, mm, yeah. uh, But I, I thought Rock Band charted, though, on MPD. I remember that. But that's not a surprise because it has to be bought at retail. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like I, th- I thought, it. you know, coming back, it was like people. some people were excited for it, but you, I didn't expect that to do gangbusters. I wonder how what they projected it at. What was their honest belief they were going to get out of that? Yeah, game? I don't know. My eyes like don't cry guitar hero will be back Colin. it's okay don't worry the music game isn't dead it's okay okay there's still hope for guitar hero 311 that'll be awesome uh, number 12 this is the wrap-up telltale's tales from the borderlands is getting a retail release on april 26th in north america with overseas western releases hovering around the same day the game will be available on playstation 4 and playstation 3 as well as other platforms the popular free-to-play moba smite battlegrounds is coming to playstation 4 with a closed alpha currently underway and with the closed beta beginning in early march i think you can go to the playstation blog post and sign up for that dying light is getting more dlc support in 2016 as the studio revealed that it techland that it has new unannounced content still coming for the popular zombie ridden open world game and finally psychopaths mandatory happiness based on the popular japanese anime and movie is coming to ps4 and vita in the west via nis according to dual shockers it will be available both digitally and at retail with Japanese voice acting intact. And that is it for the news. Colin. Yes. I can't wait for that weird Japanese game you just mentioned, but it's not out yet. If I wanted to know what games were in the mom and grop and digital shops, where would I go? You go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, sometimes PSP software by the kind of funny co-founders. It's a big big week today. Big week this week. Big week today. Doesn't make any sense, does yeah, it? Yeah, I understood what you meant. The kids out there, they got it. <coughs> Let's see. Ninja kids. <coughs> Excuse me. Take the batteries. Throw them out the window. I'm going to cross my legs like this, but you can't really see it on the camera, I don't think. Agatha Christie, what? the ABC Murders. What? Comes to PS4 digitally and at retail. The art style is really cool. It says, adapted from the classic Agatha Christie novels, the ABC Murders is an adventure and investigation game offering sharp-minded gamers the chance to step into the shoes of Hercule... Porat? I don't know. Is that Hercule Porat? Hercule, Hercules. There's no S, so Hercule? Hercule, I never read these books. Porat? Join the famous detective as he attempts to unmask the elusive murderer known as ABC by solving puzzles and exploring crime scenes. He probably is famous. I mean, I just don't know who he is. If we don't know who he is, he ain't famous. Arcade Archives Double Dragon 2 comes out to PS4 digitally. This is on the 26th, so this is a Thursday release. Right? No, a Friday release. The legendary 1988 arcade brawling classic finally comes home with this pixel-perfect conversion on PS4. Just to be clear, it finally came home on the NES almost 30 years ago. Just throwing that out there. Street smart brothers Billy and Jimmy Lee must once again take on the vile Black Warrior gang with an arsenal of hard-hitting special moves. I don't think we got the same Double Dragon 2. I'm just being facetious. Bit Trip return, or presents Runner 2, God, Future Legend of Rhythm Alien. Stuff. This is an old one. PS4 digital out the 26th of Friday. It's crossed by with Vita. 
I was playing that Bit Trip collection the other day. Yeah, is it any good? That's fun. I like the Bit Trip games. It says Runner Two is the sequel to the critically acclaimed and IGF award winning Bit Trip Runner. Dance your way through beautiful and challenging worlds with a cheeky sense of humor and some sick toe tapping beats. Cheeky Nando's. Far Cry Primal comes to PS4 digital and retail. Ooh. <laughs> says Welcome to the Stone Age, a time of extreme danger and limitless adventure. Woolly mammoths and saber-toothed tigers rule the earth, and humanity is at the bottom of the food chain. As the last survivor of your hunting group, you will learn to craft a deadly arsenal, tame fierce predators, and outsmart enemy tribes to conquer the land of Oros and become the apex predator. Now, for the record, I beat the shit out of some tortoises and killed them, and I'm pretty sure they're at the bottom of the food chain. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. I know the saber-toothed tiger better than me. The woolly mammoth better than me. But that fucking turtle now. Hitman Go Definitive Edition comes to PS4 and PS Vita digitally. Says Hitman Go is a turn-based strategy puzzle game set in the Hitman universe, but reinvented as a diorama style. But reinvented as diorama style set pieces. Got it. The new edition of Hitman Go features all of the original game's content and upgrades, which amounts to more than ninety turn-based puzzles. Longtime Hitman fans will also recognize some old favorites like the Paris Opera from Blood Money and the Saint Petersburg Stakeout Mission from Hitman Two: Silent Assassin. And you like it? I'm playing it. I enjoy it. Knock Knock comes to Vita digitally, crossed by with PS4. Says three generations of lodgers have occupied the cabin, but lately the walls seem to be uh, to seem to undulate, skittering unknown shift in the darkness. I'm going to read this again because I don't. Three generations of lodgers have occupied the cabin, but lately the walls seem to undulate, skittering unknowns shift in the darkness, and an unruly growl seeps from the attic. Are they hallucinations pecking at the insomnia afflicted lodger, or the gnarled remnants of a starker secret? The last rays of dusk fade, and the dreadful things come out to play. What? the fuck are you talking about your base what sounds is cool the game but what am i doing in the game even the art there i don't know what the hell that is it's infuriating a game i am extremely excited about ninja senki dx okay comes to ps4 and ps vita digitally it's cross by it says remember the epic gaming convention stories told in five second intro cutscenes, man size shurikens shurikens i can never say that word ninja stars enemies bumping into you i'm sorry enemies bumping into bottomless pits i can't read today split second decision making revenge Ninja Senki DX is up all about them. I'm mean, really excited about it. It looks really cool. It's based on it's supposed to be like a Game Boy Color game, basically. Okay. Really, really looks cool to me. I'll let you guys know next week. I'll play it as soon as possible. Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2 comes to PS4 digital and retail. It says the battle for suburbia grows to crazy new heights in Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2. In this hilarious action-packed shooter, zombie leader Dr. Zomboss has strengthened the horde and rebuilt suburbia as a zombie utopia. But hope remains because for the first time the plants are taking the offensive in an all-out attack to reclaim their turf. Is it really the first time they've taken the offensive? I guess we were even last when you were... Well, you weren't defending, though. You know what I mean? You yeah, move I understand around. what you're saying. I feel like the plants have been at this a long time. Replay VHS is not dead comes to PS4 digitally. It says Replay VHS is not dead is a puzzle platformer set in the movie-based universe. Record your character's movements, use the remote control and bend time, and change characters to combine their actions. Complete 70 levels across four different movie-based universes. This sounds like... Super Time Force. Yeah, Super Time Force. But I don't know if it is. I don't want to say that for sure. Swap Quest like comes to Vita. Digital. I have this game. So Swap Quest is a mix of retro RPG with a tile-swapping puzzle game inspired by classics like Pipe Mania. The idea behind it was to take many of the elements from console RPGs from the 90s and blend them with a movement system more reminiscent of a puzzle game. Sounds pretty cool. They seeked me out to give me this code so that I'd play it. It's on my Vita. I haven't had a chance yet. But that's like a de- developer who's confident in their game, which I like. Mm-hmm. Toki Tori 2 Plus comes to PS4 digitally. It says Toki Tori 2 Plus may look cute, but it's a challenging puzzle adventure game. Whistle and stomp are the only moves you need to solve increasingly complex puzzles as you manipulate strange critters' behavior and go anywhere, anytime on a lush forest island. And the final game of the, of the week is Wondershot PS4 digital. 
Wondershot is a top-down multiplayer-focused party game. The controls are simple and responsive, and the rule is quite straightforward. Quote, one shot and you're down, end quote. Four players can go head-to-head and use one of four weapons. Each weapon has its own special ability, which is especially useful with the constantly shifting map environments. Still don't really know what it is. Okay. That's it. That's a good week. Yeah. A lot of games. You're right. Mm-hmm. Colin. Yeah. It's time for topic of the show. You bring it to the table today. What do you got for me? Well, GameSpot published this thing. We talked about it on Colin and Greg Live, so this might be a little bit redundant for some people, but we can get into it again here. Eddie over at GameSpot wrote, Mainstream Eddie. games not making much progress, Deus Ex Designer says. Um, and so this basically comes from a Gamma Sutra article <coughs> chronicling Warren Spector. Um, <clears throat> and he says, quote, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I'll never work in this industry again. You son of a bitch. But in the mainstream, you never should have. Man. But I'm in kidding, the, I'm kidding. But in the mainstream space, I really haven't seen a whole lot of progress. It seems like we're getting more finely tuned, prettier versions of games we've been playing for years. Um, and then he says, uh, thank God for the indie space. There are people really try, or people trying interesting things there, end quote. Um, let's see. And that's basically it, according to that. So basically, the thing is that, again, the quote is, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I'll never work in this industry again. But in the mainstream space, I really haven't seen a whole lot of progress. It seems like we're getting more finely tuned, prettier versions of games we've been playing for years. Right. Do you agree with this statement or not? Yes. The problem is when we talk about this, and we've talked about it before, is it comes off as the negative connotation that games aren't, aren't doing anything different, right? But as we were talking about today on Conley Live, it's like, because you the argument, you, you're not even argument, but what you were saying to boil it down, right, was like, nothing you've played on PS4 could be couldn't have been played on ps3 yes right. more longer load times worse graphics this kind of, there'd be technical differences but these games aren't somehow exclusive to this machine to which my thing was like well even with ps3 isn't that true from ps2 to ps3 right like what were we what you know, when i think about my playstation 2 experience i'm thinking about gta and when i you know then gta makes this jump and again it's a bigger open world it's a prettier game there's more to do there's all these side things there's different you know, relation, it is these games, I feel like, well, really what's being said is he's saying there's no innovation in modern games, right? Really what I feel like it is is there hasn't been a new genre. There hasn't been a genre created in a while, right? Because, yeah. like, we're talking about, like, I was asking you what a great jam- jump was, and you were talking, uh, you brought up, of course, Super Mario, right? PS, PlayStation 1 in general, and 64. Super Mario 64. Yeah, right. exactly. The jump from, oh, I'm, talking, I'm sorry, bridging the franchise gap, right? Or Super Mario on SNES to Super Mario that would have become an N64. The fact that there, that is something brand new. All of a sudden, it was this open world. You're moving this around, spinning the camera, 3D, right? And that's when it gets to this point of, yeah, like... It isn't a bad thing. You know what I mean? The games are better. They do look better. That is great. The Nemesis system in Shadow of Mordor is great. You know what I mean? And, and far different than what we've played. But that is, again, could be on PS3, even though it wasn't. You know what I mean? It could have been if you did this, did that, made this sacrifice here and there. I don't, and then, so then it, it's just a weird question because I feel like it has this negative connotation to it, but I'm really not sitting here going like, fuck. I'm so sick of open world. I'm so sick of walking simulator. I'm so sick. You know what I mean? Like, I love the games we get. I love the experiences we get. I think it's a bit of a cop-out to say thank God for the indies because, again, I think it's that spectrum thing, right? Of, like, even before indies were the Spectrum? Even before, like, indies were this big pillar of the industry right now mm. in terms of you getting a game every week or something, getting something new. There were smaller companies taking risks, making change. It's, you know, the, the bigger you get, the more you have to lose, right? And so, I mean, if we want to take that as an example, then you can jump back to, again, Nintendo and the fact that they took Mario and we're going to drop him in and do this for something brand new and groundbreaking. That is cool. You know what I mean? Mm. And to an extent, Galaxy as well, right? Galaxy. It was different and weird and used Waggle in a cool way that we didn't hate and stuff like that. 
But I don't know. It's just this weird thing of like, yes, it's true, but my immediate reaction when I hear about it is to get all like riled up about it and try to defend it. When in reality, I guess the defense is like, maybe it is true and I'm just not sick of it. I don't mind it. I, I like where we're at. Yeah, there's multiple ways to look at it. There's only been a few seismic shifts in the in gaming ever. Like that have been successful and like widely adopted. So Waggle's one of them you can think about, but it's not because Waggle wasn't adopted. It was it was it's something that came and went. No one wants to play games like that. The the jump from mainframe computers and and ticker tape games and stuff like that to digital, basically or really analog kind of games. So like Pong, for instance, was a jump, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a jump I think from the Coleco and Atari Twenty Six Hundred style games to NES and Master System. That was a big jump. And then I think you had a big jump technically from from SNES and Genesis to N sixty four and PlayStation, and I think that's basically it. Now there are certain that there are certain um, components of games that have changed the way we play: shoulder buttons, the D pad, touch based gaming, touch gaming, uh, dual analog sticks, sure, online connectivity, um, multiplayer. These things all combine to make games different and to make different and new kinds of games. But when the when we jumped from, I mean, it didn't start. It started with really other games on PC. But in the console space, like you can go back to Wolfenstein even before that. But the jump from and Wolfenstein and Doom and all that ran on SNES. So I'm not being very literal here. But what I'm saying is, on console, the way most people play games or people 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 played games in a mainstream way at that time, that created a new genre. The third the third the you know the 3D platformer mm-hmm. spawned out of thin air basically for us, and we started playing them. And uh, there's something to be said about that that I think is interesting. Now, open world games are, are old. I mean, Legend of Zelda is an open world game. Um, we're still playing them today in different ways with just technical fidelity increased, you know, thousands of times over. And I agree with you that I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. No one, <clears throat> I'm not sitting here clamoring saying, like, I need something new. I need something ground. But what I am saying is that he's right in the sense that, like, we aren't getting anything new and that the, that the, we're playing shooters still the same way we played shooters for a long time. We're playing open world RPGs the same way we're playing open world RPGs. We're playing the same kinds of sports games and all these kinds of things. And like, what can you really do about it? Because one of the arguments is, you know, I don't know like where I even stand on this. I'm just talking about it. But one of the things is like, are there new genres of books? Great point. You know, like, no, there aren't. There are different ways to write books. House of Leaves, for instance, is a great example of a way to write a book that's totally different. It's a horror book, really fucking bizarrely written, where like there's... Em- you know, pages that have nothing on it, and like pages with one word on it, or like he's going down the stairs, so like the the words go down and stairs. Uh, okay. Like that's an interesting, clever way, but that doesn't change the fact that it's a horror book. Sure, sure, you know? sure, sure. Um, so we might have really explored every way we really have to play, and I do think VR is going to be the conduit to get new kinds of games, but I also think that we're going to get old times games too. The yeah. Valkyrie is just a space shooter. Yeah, well, I mean, that's because that's what it's going to be for now, right? Oh, the easiest thing for everybody to wrap their head around is something that already exists. You know what I mean? How do you take experiences you already know that are familiar and put them into this unfamiliar, use this unfamiliar tool, sure. which then changes it and turns it a little bit around. Res is still res, but it's way better now, you know, on PlayStation VR or whatever. I do think it's worth noting that the indie space, I agree with Warren Spector that the indie space is way more exciting. It has been yeah. for years. Yeah. Um, because they are able to take more risks and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. But we were talking about Super Time Force before. You would never see those kinds of mechanics executed in a $100 million game. Right. You know, so it's like, and maybe they couldn't be, but you know, they're they're doing things over there that are at least different and incubating some ideas that will then maybe be brought over to the AAA space, but it's not happening because they're so risk-averse that, you know, as they probably should be because they're a business. They're all businesses, but you're way more risk-averse when you have way more to lose. And uh, so 
I don't know whether he's right or wrong, but I thought it would be an interesting topic for people to think about. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I don't think we even have to conclude or talk about it much more. Just a seed to plant in people's minds. Well, I'd love to hear people's about. examples because that was the thing, you know, people in Connery live chat were calling things out. But I'd love you to go to kindoffunny.com slash forums. Go to the PSI Love You XOXO forum and let us know there in the discussion thread about this episode. What are your examples of, well, he's wrong, mainstream gaming is different, is evolving. And evolving isn't even the right word either. What are the new experiences, I guess? People bring up Splatoon, which was an interesting You should say you're suggesting Wii U is doing something. Like, Wii U is maybe, like... That's a weird example. Like, yeah. like I, I, I just, it's not, Splatoon is not an example of what we're talking about at all. So it's still fits squarely in a genre, you know? Um, but it's cool. It's quirky. People love it. I'm, I'm happy for Nintendo's success with it. Um, a lot of people talk about Shadows of Mordor with the Nemesis system. That, to me, strikes you as regurgitating marketing. Because what is so dynamic about that that it, like... They remember you, Colin. It's just a little weird. It's a weird example. You yeah. know, like, and again, like... That seems a little marketing speak to me. Mm. I'm talking about like new. The one example I've read that I, I brought up on the Colin and Greg Live, people talk about like, well, better AI. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. Sure. But even that's incremental, right? Right. Yeah. That's so, the problem. And again, it's it's all it seems it's just like it's load times and graphical fidelity and sound design. And I think like, I, in, that's it's fine. It's all great. But. It's hard to speak to because I think right now the biggest not blowback even right is the fact that I think PS4 feels so much like so much like a souped up PS3. <laughs> Right, yeah. you know what I mean. There just isn't that jump, that craziness. Like for PS2 to PS3, right? It was like it's PS3 is online. There's a PlayStation Network. We didn't know how terrible it was and how bad the store was when it was a web portal on launch day and shit like that. But like that was a big deal that you could download games and that was happening, sure. right? And now PlayStation 4. Um, what do I do with it? You know, I'm playing games. I'm downloading patches. I'm going to the store. I'm talking to my friends. I'm playing Netflix. I'm I'm doing everything I was already doing. My PlayStation <laughs> 3 was doing all that. This does it better, and I like it more, obviously. Right. But in the long run, same old, same old. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'll be interested to see what people have to say about this particular topic because I'm not really of, of any mind where I, I, I do think that way we're not getting new things. I just don't know if that's a problem. Yeah, I don't know if that's like a thing worth being upset about. Oh, sure. I don't. Yeah, that's the thing is like, and that's what I I mean, I want to defend it, but I there's, I don't know why I'm, I, I have a negative connotation. I don't think it is negative, but, uh, you know, but it is this weird thing of like, well, no, this, that, and then well, I guess not really. That is, you know what I mean? Even Nemesis, like Nemesis is a cool system I like personally. And it's like, Okay, cool, but again, that's not like it can only happen on the PlayStation 4. Granted, it only happened on the PlayStation 4, but that was, you know, let's make the PlayStation 3 version run and not have to worry about it because it's not our lead platform kind of thing. Yeah, I, I just don't I just don't think that's an applicable example of what we're no, talking I, about. I agree. I agree. Don't get me wrong, but that's the whole thing is like, at what point does something become revolutionary and not just something you're adding in to your third-person adventure game? Sure. Uh, well, yeah. What time is it? 5.18? No, Colin. It's trophy time. Oh, I don't like that you did that to me. Uh, you have to draw, motherfucker. So there's four games I think worth really talking about here. Five, maybe. Um, Assault Android Cactus is Trophies One Alive. It has a platinum. And this is going to be one of the cheap PlayStation Plus games. Right. This will be 30% off in mid-March. We won't talk about too much about that. Far Cry Primal has trophies. Right. Um, someone already has the platinum. Of course they do. Um, it seems pretty it's accessible, and there's no online, which is great. So yeah. you know that they can't be there. So it's just doing a lot of uh, quests, and then like people getting people to join your village, then using a bunch of the different weapons to kill a certain amount of enemies, and finding things, and capturing forts and and lookouts. So yeah. pretty straightforward there. Uh, Swap Quest uh, has uh, trophies. It has a platinum. Uh, it seems somewhat accessible. 
Nothing too crazy here. Okay. And then finally, the one I wanted to talk about with you the most is The uh, Walking Dead Michonne. Now, I haven't seen them, so you got to tell me. Are they just normal chapters? Is that all we're doing here? Just the uh, normal chapters? 21, pl- uh, no no platinum, 21 course, bronzes. Motherfucker. 21 uh, bronzes? Yep. Mm. Complete chapter one of episode one. Complete chapter two of episode one. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. But do they mix anything different in there? Nope. Because I, I was playing, Nothing. since our last episode, I started playing Minecraft Story Mode. And what I was surprised looking through the trophy list of Minecraft Story Mode is that there was beat this chapter, beat this chapter thing. And then there were like, all right, do this, do that. Which for me, and I, don't, I can't speak to Game of Thrones, but in my Telltale history, that was a first. Because Tales doesn't do that. Walking Dead never did that. It was like, oh, oh, you are mixing some stuff up there. And this just, again, shows that like for them, the Michonne miniseries, right? Three episodes isn't a full game, obviously, for them. All bronzes, no platinum. They're not taking it seriously. Not, yeah. not, they're not taking it seriously on a, on a trophy front. Yeah, 21 bronzes, no platinum, all chapter-based. I'm super fascinated to see how people are going to react to Walking Dead Michonne. Because as a Walking Dead fan, I'm really excited about it. It's really cool. It fills in this gap of time in the comic books, right? If you are a casual Walking Dead fan who doesn't read the comics, you watch the TV show, you've played the other games, You're gonna are, are you going to be totally lost? And I grant that maybe this... No, it won't be a moot point for you, PlayStation fans. We're waiting for Tuesday, of course. But... Like, are people going to be lost? Are they going to be pissed, too, is the other question? Like, how much are they going to give away? Because you could, with this time jump that happens, right, and that they're filling in the time gap here, you could totally spoil threads that will maybe happen in the show, right? The show's pretty faithful about big moments, you know what I mean? You imagine that stuff's going to happen. Like, how do you dance around that and not ruin, they're about to introduce Negan on, you know, this season, or probably the last episode of this season, and, like, how do you not ruin who his character is based on where Michonne is and stuff like that? Goofy stuff that I'm super psyched to see. But I'll get the trophies. Well, you can't you can't avoid them. <laughs> I know. Nicholas Angel wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and wants to talk about trophies here on Trophy Time, Colin. Will you allow him? Yes. Nicholas Angel says, hi, both. Apologies Hello. if this is a bit lengthy, but I decided to write in after a discussion on last week's podcast about trophies and Greg mentioning how he was planning to Platinum Hitman Go by using guides slash walkthrough videos. First off, I like trophies a lot. However, despite having owned every PlayStation console and handheld, I have never achieved a Platinum trophy. There are several reasons for this. The main one being that I am not particularly good at video games, but also, I want my trophy list to display what I am capable of as a gamer. When I like a game, I will take a look at the trophy list to see what can be achieved, and I will try to pop as many of those trophies while it remains fun. Once I am bored or... I'm sorry, what's the board of that? I will move on to another game. My question is, where is the achievement slash enjoyment in using guide slash walkthroughs to gain a trophy? I understand the use of a, a use of a guide back in the day to help complete a game, but to use guide slash videos in order to collect a trophy seems pointless. By the very definition, a trophy should be awarded for something that you as a gamer managed to achieve. I can't see any satisfaction or reward from watching someone else achieve a trophy online, then following that verbatim in a game in order to get that trophy for myself. I may just be a whiny old bitch, but I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Keep up the great show. Cheers. P.S. I would have my first platinum, however, if, quote, drive a total of 50 kilometers in Rocket League will pop already. Won't pop for him, apparently. That's because he talks shit. Um, it's because he talks shit about trophies, yeah. it's. I understand what he's saying. So let's start from ground zero here with the Hitman Go stuff, right? The way I'm playing Hitman Go is, like, I was playing it during the kind of funny community play session of Star Wars, right? Where we finish a match, everybody's bullshitting around, I'd go in there and fuck around, right? What I'm doing is I play through, I beat the level in Hitman Go, and then there's three objectives on each one. Usually, like, don't get killed, 
like their medals i should say right the objective is just to finish the level the thing the medals though like don't get don't kill anybody get through in 15 or fewer turns you know something else mm. like get, get the briefcase mm. or whatever right i'll go through and play it naturally as i would and then i get it and i come out and i see how many medals i got on it and then i'll look at a guide because i want to platinum this game because it's a totally achievable one i like the game a lot that getting to a point i'll get to in a second i play i platinum games that i like now back in the old days we'd platinum anything because we were whores now it's like it's in a sense of I really like this game. I want to show how much I like it by having this trophy, right? So for Hitman Go, it is I really like this game. I don't like this game enough to beat a puzzle and then come back and stare at it and try thirty times to beat it in fifteen or fewer and not figure it out. As these as the Hitman Go gets tougher for me, being a stupid idiot, some of them at the end I'm like I don't even know how I did this, but I did it. And I'm out. Great, you know what I mean? Like I don't for this watching this, it's different because it's like okay now i just want to get the briefcase now i just want to get through with no kills whatever so mechanically i just you know left right left right whatever it is and get it that way i'm playing it because i like the gameplay but as a gamer right i would just be done with it i'd beat the level and move on and never look back that's usually how i I used to be before trophies or whatever but as a trophy hunter i feel like it's an obtainable platinum and i want to pay homage to square enix montreal or whatever and say thank you for this cool game show that by putting in extra time and sitting there and doing it but not sitting in there and actually achieving it trophies aren't about achieving to me right it's rare that i get a trophy or a platinum even and it's like man i have achieved something it's man i've played this game that i really fucking love for a long time and done something with it you know what i mean yeah i i yeah i don't i I think trophies are going to be different things for different people i don't know that i would get many platinums without help of a guide in some respect i mean it's just the way it goes i don't think there's any shame in it i mean there's you can't quanti- qualify trophies as being bizarre to earn. You know, we're talking about video games, for God's sake. You know, like yeah. it's not weird to use a strategy guide to beat a game, but it's weird to use a strategy guide to get the trophy. They're both just nebulous nothing. Anyway, it's yeah. things we enjoy doing. So, like, why is one better than the other? Or is why one acceptable than the other is not? It doesn't make any sense. You know, so yeah. it's like, so it's like, you know, um, when I want a trophy and I don't know how to earn it, like, you know, God Home is a good example. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck, like, these like audio diary things or, or not audio diaries, but like the 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 devs put like all these Easter eggs in there. You can find like their audio or whatever. And they talk about this, this and this in the game. Like I'm not looking for this shit. Yeah, yeah. Commentary mode. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just going to use a guy to get them. There's no way on God's green earth I'm doing that. So, yeah. Because that doesn't speak to you. Right. <clears throat> exactly. So I have no shame in it. I find a lot of trophies are very straightforward. I mean, Far Cry Primals, for instance, is very straightforward. And, you know, I, I want to get that platinum if I like the game. Yeah. Uh, but I'll just read a roadmap. I'll not even. I'll not even. You know, make sure there's no missable trophies. That's the biggest thing to me. Sure. Yeah. Of course, you don't want to waste your time. With that individual trophies, like you figure it out. Right. But sometimes you need help. And Hitman Go is one of those where I feel it's a little bit of a different scenario for me. I don't know how many video walkthroughs I watch for trophies. You know, what I mean, this one's very specific because I need to do it in a certain amount of turns, and it's also really relaxing because you can put it on and watch and like do it. You know, I'm like one second behind what they're doing, and I don't feel like I'm about to fuck it up or I'm gonna you know blow like gone home right when I was trying to get through it in the first time and get all the diaries and do all this stuff in the amount of time that was like frantic trying to make sure I didn't fuck it up. You know what I mean? Because right, I was out of time. You didn't realize you could pause. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, because what it was, yeah, true. But what I was hitting out the PlayStation, hitting the PlayStation button, that didn't work. Pause might, but that pause doesn't work. Button, I did it. I did it. it all right, cool. No, yeah, that's not how I did it. But even once I went back and did it the other way, it was fine. Just listening, but it still is that thing of like, oh, I don't want to fuck it up. Um, that's why I do it and how I do it. You have a different sense of it, sir, in terms of wanting it to be about your achievements and what you've done. Yeah, you've sat on your ass and played a video game just like I have. And I wanted to have a good trophy uh, level on PSN. Colin? Yes. As you know, trophy time is one of our new segments. It's constantly evolving. Our friend, Joelman89, wrote in. He or she. Joelman. 
Joelman. It says, hi, Colin and Greg. How would you guys feel about adding a small feature to the Trophy Time segment of the show where you take a look at one of the best friends' trophies list via PSN profiles? It could be something along the lines of, rate my trophy list, evaluation, or perhaps you guys even suggest a game you think we should go back and try to complete. I love completing trophies. I love collecting trophies. And I'm really proud of the Platinums I've gotten. And I bet many of your listeners feel the same way and would love to have a quick shout out. Cheers, Jonathan from Long Island. Patchetog. Patchog. Patchog? It's the town next to where I grew up. Do you know Jonathan? Probably not. No. P.S. I'll be happy to nominate my own trophy list as the first one. My PSN is Razor42. That's R-A-E-Z-O-R-42. I've pulled it up here, Colin. Okay. What level do you think Razor42 is? 13. 19. Okay. Better than I thought. 2,995 trophies. Very good. 2,138 bronzes. Mm. 623 silvers. Mm. 191 golds. Mm. 43 platinums. Nice. Very Not nice. bad at all. Nice. Um, so let's look at what we got going on here. His last platinum, according to this, Resident Evil. HD? Yeah. Re- like remake. Well, no, no. It just says Resident Evil. I don't know which one that is. That's re- yeah, you guys remake. put out too many Resident Evils. I can't tell. Keep it all straight. Before that, Kill Zone 2. That's before a hard that, one. Before that, Kill Zone. Wow, that's a hard one too. Yeah. Destiny, he got a platinum in. Mm. Mirror's Edge, he's got the platinum. That's a tough one. Fallout 3. You could do Mirror's Edge, I think, has like the gunless run. Yeah. Bioshock, like we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Dead Space. Mm-hmm. Star Wars The Force Unleashed. He's got some good platinums in here. Dead Space, I missed because I missed that stupid Peng's Treasure or whatever the fuck it's called. Ah, yeah, yeah, on the tracks. Yeah, if I remember that one too. Got three ratchets in here. He's got the Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker platinum. Not too fucking shabby. You got Metal Gear Solid 4 platinum. He's got Metal Gear Solid 3. He's got Metal Gear Solid 2. I don't see five on here yet. Maybe he did it and came back to all of us. Or no. uh, I mean, I would suggest Metal Gear Solid 5. I'm looking through your trophies now, trying to find it on your list here. Sorry that I'm yawning, by the way. I'm, I'm a little sick, so I'm, I'm just feeling a little fatigued today. I'm trying to be rude. You're not being rude. Don't oh, worry. Someone about will it. say it. Don't worry your pretty little head about it. Well, they would have said it a long time ago now. No, they'll still say it. Only 1% of the trophies in Uncharted Golden Abyss. Oh, wow. You didn't like Golden Abyss very much. No, no, no. Because you're not a man. So I like the segment, but you know, do you want to do it? I feel like we have too many things we have to do. I mean, we don't have to. I just thought it was a fun one to do today. I say play Metal Gear Solid Five. Fan of pain. I didn't see your list. It might be down there, but it would be weird that you beat that one platinum it and then you went back platinum all the rest. You know what I mean? That would drive me crazy. I would have to put it in. Resistance Three, very nice. Last platinum, mm-hmm. nice. Okay, that's all I have to do. Yeah. Linger in Shadows. Everybody's got Linger in Shadows, of course. Yeah, that was a fun one. <laughs> wasn't fun, Resistance was 2. Rewarding. Platinum. That's a really hard one. Yeah. 10,000 kills. That was such a bullshit trophy. Probably one of the most... That was probably one of the biggest bullshit trophies of all time. It's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. If you got 10 kills... Like, if you got 10 kills in a multiplayer match, that you'd have to play a thousand times. <laughs> you fucking kidding me? Fucking I remember price. sitting out there for weeks in the living room before you moved in when I lived to Scott trying to get that trophy. And I'm like, I can't fucking do it. And I was pretty good at it. Do you I'm know like, how far you got? I like got like three or four thousand kills. And I'm like, fuck this. You know, yeah. like there's yeah, yeah, yeah. no way I'm doing That's this. That's the worst when you have one that breaks you like that. You're like, I'll do it. I think I quit because I think I was having like literally the game of my life one match. Yeah. There was a like a mansion in like a bayou that like it was just this mansion you go in and out and then it's yeah, like yeah. a square surrounding it. And I just was like, clean. I remember I was just fucking killing. And then my fucking connection reset. Oh. I was like, fuck. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, Oh my god, I was so mad. That was the last time. I also had like a rock band microphone for my mic. 
<laughs> did you just hold it up or did you leave it on the ground? I would like unplug it or something. And then when someone said something, I'd like plug it in. And That's funny as hell. That's really good. Colin, let's check in with the listeners in a segment we call Reader Mail. Maelstrom. That's enough. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be part of the show, go to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ where you can leave your questions just like the sickness did. Hey, guys. Ooh-wah. With the PS Vita's fourth birthday, has it really been that long, on the 22nd of February, I was just wondering what your fondest memories are of the little underappreciated machine. Keep up the fantastic work, and I hope 2016 brings you as much success and progression as 2015 did. Yours sincerely, Nick, Southampton, UK, PS. Oh, I thought he was going to say Southampton, Long Island. We were going to be on a roll. Oh, he's singing, and I will always love you. I was trying to figure out what the hell he meant on here. Uh, it is the PlayStation's Vita's fourth birthday today. We were talking about that. That uh, feels longer for us because we imported yeah, them like psychos. And we had, we had. I remember I was like, these things pop up, you know, like these time hop things or something, or these yeah, timeline yeah. things on Facebook where it's like, you said this, blah blah blah, four years. And I was like, it was like November, and I'm like, I can't wait for you motherfuckers to have PlayStation Vita. Like we had already had it at that point. <laughs> I was like, it, I remember getting our Vitas. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. And it was and is awesome. It is. It, the Vita. I still have the idea when they finally discontinue and kill the Vita what I want to do like for our video and I think we've talked about it in the past I think it's going to be really funny but the the Vita you know what all of you are to blame for the Vita's failure all of you <laughs> every one of you yeah we tried and we, we told tried you cool. and we tried and we get tweets every day saying I finally bought a Vita where were you when we really needed you to buy a Vita because they don't care anymore they're never they don't funny care. you should say that rapture <laughs> Public Works writes in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, Hello, Colin and Greg. After a year of listening to Kind of Funny podcasts, you wore me down. I bought a Vita. For the record, what won me over wasn't your proselytizing? How do you pronounce that one, Cole? Proselytizing. Proselytizing. That's a good word. On behalf of the machine itself, but your advocacy for certain PS1 classics I missed out on. During the PS1 slash N64 era, (laughs) I wasn't gaming, and your show has pushed me to bridge the gap instead of slogging through another vanilla sandbox title like Assassin's Creed Dayton, Ohio. (laughs) For me, I have a sleek, elegant machine with games that are now new to me. Symphony of the Night, Metal Gear Solid, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VII, and Tactics. Good list. Very good list. As well as titles like Hotline Miami, Resogun, Super Meat Boy, and more. I travel extensively for work. Portable gaming is often my only gaming. But when I shopped around for my Vita in brick-and-mortar shops after the holidays, I was routinely not to buy a Vita. GameStop, Best Buy, and even a locally-owned used game shop told me not to waste my money. At GameStop, I was told, quote, why would you buy a Vita? You're old. I'm 34. My question is this. The fuck does that mean? That, uh, some I would have pu- punched that guy in the face for saying that. Listen here, you pepperoni fucking pa- face kid. <laughs> you headbutt him. Shuhei Yoshida comes in, ties him up. You what does t- that mean, though? You're old. The average gamer isn't, this, like, isn't the average gamer like Why would you buy a Vita? I mean, uh, they're saying. Why would you buy a Vita? You're old. It could be like. They're saying you're that. You're dumb. The kids have the handhelds. The hip kids have the handhelds. Old the hip kids like do not have the Vita. I think that's exactly the person who buys a Vita is a 34-year-old man. <laughs> My question is this. Regardless of third-party support and shifting mobile market, can Vita overcome its apparent negative reputation among retailers? I can't imagine buying this casually without a year of kind of funny driving me to make the purchase. Thanks. And P.S. My dog loves you because she gets longer, longer walks on Tuesdays. No, again, you're part of the problem. It's over. The ship is sailed. Everyone has left Vita Island. The people on Vita Island are trapped on Vita Island. The people And the people on Vita Island don't want you anymore. No. 
You understand what I'm saying? We were begging you for years to come to Vita Island, and we did all the hard work already. Now you're like, you want to celebrate on Vita Island? You want to come here and amongst drink our, the our Mai Tais? The corpses? <laughs> I, thought we're, I thought we were having a party no, on the we're island not, as we they, go that, down. We're not having we're a party start, We're already starting island. to eat each other. Jesus Christ. No, yeah. no. There's no retailer. I've heard that from people before, though. The oh, retailer yeah. thing. Like, oh, yeah. why, why would retailers not want you to buy it? Because they're, like, they're, they're informed, ga- they're they're informed gamers. They're yeah, they're informed gamers. Yeah, they're really informed. X-Bot gamers there. They're really informed. Who if wants you-, you to pick up the fucking who, goddamn who? fan you put on the back of your PS4? Whom amongst us? Improper use of the word whom. Yeah. But whom amongst us? Yeah. Doesn't like the Vita once you play it. Come no, on. You play the Vita, you understand. Come you on. immediately understand. You're a clown if you don't like the Vita. Yeah. And you played it. Now... The ship has sailed. You're all to blame. You're the reason that the Vita failed. You're the reason. If you're listening to this right now, it's probably your fault. And we tried for years. We, we were at IGN. We, we tried. Try. We tried for years. It's a great, it's a great guys. Get where you paid. And slowly but surely, four years later, when the funeral's already being booked at the local parlor. Where they have funerals. Now you want to buy a Vita as if you're doing God's work. Shuhei doesn't even care anymore. Now Shuhei just wants you to go out and buy the uh, PlayStation VR. He'd probably rather you save the bucks you spent on the Vita to buy PlayStation VR to God put it in there. God knows how much that thing's going to cost. Now apparently it's going <laughs> to it's getting ridiculous. Man, how under how we were really undershooting the cost of that thing. We'll see. Just That'll shows we really question. have no idea what we're talking. No, about. that and that's <laughs> <laughs> no that is, yeah. I mean the you know the question before from Nick in Southampton was talking about you know what are your favorite Vita memories like. I have so many good memories of the Vita. When I think about when I think back to when I think about Vita memories, I think of Persona, and I don't even think of my own memories. I think of when Christine would not put it down. Remember when she was like, she was like, I was like six with my Game Boy, where we'd go to dinner and she would bring the Vita and play at the table. I was like, can't you be away from this for ten seconds? Like you're that. Yeah, she Ill. was out of control. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I mean, I was just, I just jumped into Minecraft on PS4 recently, right? You can send, so you can send your save to P- PS Vita once, or from Vita to PS4, right, and right. then never again. Yeah, I, and I'm not doing that. I have a Minecraft Vita world, and I have a Minecraft PS4 world. Uh, but I love my PS, my Vita world. My Vita world has all these memories and stuff that I did in there, right? And it's like it's like this weird thing. There's a tomb for Brian Albert for the time he needed help capturing something, and like he came in and then I buried him alive, and then he died in there. Like that was like where I left his body. So in my world, that body exists and stuff. Uh, but I, yeah, I think back to when we first got those machines, how awesome that was to play Uncharted on it. That Christmas break playing Uncharted. I think about when Shu got his for the first time, and he posted it from 3G uh, a Twitter selfie with it or whatever. And it's like. This is so fucking cool. I remember when you spoiled Golden Abyss for the world. I do, on right. IGN. I was what a so huge, That was one of the few times where I'm problem. like, I was so mad. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I should like with your story you. with your story on IGN about about, you know, here or what was it called? I was like, it was like Sully's in the game. Here's Sully and Golden Abyss. I'm like, what the fuck? We were yep. gonna get scoot, man. It was already going up. What do you want me to do? You want some you want some Japanese outlet getting there? And I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of these spoiler Nazis either. Not even a little bit. Yeah. And uh that was like I was like, you're an asshole. Take it down. I'm your boss. And you're like, no, you're not. I'm not taking it down. <laughs> um, no, my memory is I saw we got our Vitas from Japan and uh, we got them actually earlier. We got Japanese Vitas, I think, from Sony in November yeah. of 2011. And uh, I remember cutting, they came in retail boxes. I remember cutting the PS Vita logo out and putting it on my computer monitor. And it, sat, it stood there until we left IGN and now it's just in my room somewhere. Um, I remember being so amped for. Vita for NGP when they announced it because you knew it was going to get trophies and you knew, like you knew it was going to be a PSP on 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 steroids and it right. was yeah two sticks trophies I was so stoked I remember, so I remember 2011 we went hands on it with the first time at E3 I think 
I liked After it. Vita, you licked it. We, I think Stardust was the first game I played on it. That was when uh, Jane's Addiction was playing in the arena, and I was like, I couldn't hear anyone. It was really not smart. Um, they never did that again. Uh, and I was just so, I was like, this is so awesome. I remember looking, and I remember, because people bring up my at my piece where I was like, this thing's going to kill the 3DS. Yeah. And I was wrong. And people still, still text me or tweet me every once in a while, like, you're such an idiot. And I'm like, I'm sure I, I don't give a fuck what you think about me. And, and I'm sure IGN is thrilled that this thing's probably gotten clicked on like 750,000 times at this yeah. point. So whatever. You're the um, real idiot, idiot. But there's things I say about the, uh, the, uh, the Vita that are true. In 2012, people, you know, it, it sold really well in the beginning and then it just dropped off and it was begin- it was clear almost immediately. I was like, this thing's in trouble. But in 2011, there's a lot, we talk about revisionist history in games a lot. I won't forget, everyone thought this thing was going to kill. And I fucking After get so mad when people like bring that piece up and I'm like, dude, there are stories all over the fucking place about, wow, the price is insanely affordable. The, the games are great. Look how fucking cool this thing is. This thing is going to, and everyone, everyone pretends like that didn't happen. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it did fucking happen because I knew I wasn't alone on this. I was reading stories all over the goddamn place about how Vita was going to sell. Yeah. And uh, well, because then it was because remember, they gave out the bad news piece right by before. piece right as it came out. Yeah. You can only log in with one person. If you want to have somebody else log in, you got to delete everything on there and reheart factory. What? What was that? Oh, oh, oh we forgot to mention that uh, memory cards are exorbitantly priced. They're not going to be expensive. They're not going to be that big either. <laughs> But what if I buy the bundle? Well, some of the games are bigger than the memory card we included the bundle. <laughs> <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? Why are you doing this? The, those things are are true, but I think in, in as hindsight shown, we've kind of overstated them. There was just the tea leaves for Vita were really positive and really strong, and it just didn't pan out. And I think there's a lot of reasons for it, but I think that a lot of it has to do with messaging. I think a lot of it has to do with like changing messaging. The, the way they talk about that system every year is different. So yeah, it's of like, course, of course. They just didn't stick to their guns. They, I don't think they invested what they needed to invest in it to make it sell. Like I just, I, also, I, I just believe that. You, you know? I mean, we've talked about it. And I won't beat a dead horse in this. Is the fact that I think the Vita is this great example, this great time capsule of a tale of two Sony's, a tale of two Playstations, where they still they were coming down from the PlayStation Three bravado and everything else and wrong decisions and gearing up to make all the right decisions on PS4. And it falls in this weird part where there's so much bad with it and so much good with it and it's to the same point like I always talk about with that interview I did with USA Today a week before the PlayStation 4 event where they said well what do you think is going to happen and I said well what I think is going to happen is always very different than what Sony does but and I said focus on the gamer their core audience they'll buy the system and they did that for PlayStation 4 and it was like now PlayStation gets that they are a brand powered by gamers and if we give them games and show them this it's awesome and they'll be behind it right and like I still think they were caught up on bells and whistles with Vita of two touches and two cameras and 3G and this, that, and the other when it should have just been like games, 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 games. Yeah, and I wish... I, it's not going to happen, but because I, I often say that it's... They are crazy enough to do it again. Yeah. And I think there's a chance. I think they definitely prototype things. I think that like they, they looked at it and they're, sure. they're not going to do it, but... Because A, Vita's not remotely dead in their home country. Vita's doing really well. It's the second best-selling hardware in, in Japan in 2015. It's fine there. And it's got a little niche out here as long as, cool as, as long as, yeah, they have a lot of cool colors. And it, they they have their little niche out here and the games are still selling, games are still coming to it. We just talked about Psycho Pass coming to Vita later this year. I mean, there's, yeah. there's games that are still coming to it. But to me, they could, I don't believe that dedicated handheld is dead. I just think that we have to re-engineer the way we look at things. 3DS is a good example of this. 3DS will sell, end up selling a third, maybe a half of what DS sold. It doesn't mean that it's a worse system. It's obviously a better system than DS. It just means that things are changing. But Vita to me was it's sad. I, I find it quite sad what happened to Vita because I think it was I think that it was them doing a lot of things that were right. I think it was them being like this is really this really is a great machine and yeah. and um, they botched the messaging. People out there didn't listen. They didn't want it, and uh, so that's why it's their fault. You know, so um, 
but my favorite memories are still just getting my hands on one for the first time. I remember being so excited when we finally got our Vitas, being like, this is awesome. This is yeah. one of the most exciting times of being in this industry for me. Um, it still is. Until like, PS4. I love, there's nothing better than getting ready to go on a trip and having a fucking Vita game you love. You know what I mean? That you're like so ready. Like Monster Hunter, like that, that is, I, yeah, or not Monster Hunter, uh, Freedom, Freedom Wars. Wars. That for me is like the memory. That is, well, when I talk about the Vita in 10 years, I'm going to talk about that trip to Columbia where Christine and I were both playing it on the plane and then we get there and then had a coffee date every day where we'd wake up, go do whatever we did in Columbia, Missouri, and then go to the shortwave coffee and sit there for like three hours drinking iced coffee playing v- the Freedom Wars. Dorks. We were. It was awesome. Um, did the pilot come on and be like, uh, uh seeing a, uh, Freedom Wars, uh, signal here? Uh, I just got a game good passed to me in near, uh, clearly someone has a beat on. Uh, I'm adding, uh, 150 years to your sentence. So then it just comes up and it says <laughs> no, that. No, Percy. <laughs> no, Percy. <laughs> Moving on. Percy Colin. proper. Another great character who I'm sure will return to Freedom Wars 2 on the PlayStation. I can't believe they, I, I honestly can't believe there's no Freedom Wars 2. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, I, why not? Exactly. It's sold well. I know. Make another And it's one. a great game. Yes, it is. That was the last great AAA. It's not really true. It is AAA, I guess, for Vita. Big release. Sure. I and agree. I think that they kind of, you know, we got another soul sacrifice, for God's sake. Soul, the soul sacrifice was fine, but. Yeah, but it was no Freedom Wars. No. You, sir, are no Freedom Wars. Colin. Grizz Wald Diablo wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, Hi, Colin. Yo, Greg. With the HTC Vive price announced to be $800, but does come with a bunch of peripherals and, and Oculus 600, do you think these virtual reality headsets first generation is not aimed at the general public and Sony should be best to wait a couple of years before releasing the PlayStation VR. I would say wait two years and release with a price tag of 300 or 400. But then lots of people will have paid off their PS4 and have money for PSVR. Thank you. Do you vet these things? Shout out to Edmontons. <laughs> Edmontonians, I guess. Um, not the question, but the, the, the unless you just don't know how to read. The reading. Is, no, no, trust me. That's, no, I, read, I, read, I peruse enough to get the questions that I want. And then I get in here, I'm like, man, they didn't put in a lot of Do you get a lot of questions? Do we get a lot of questions? Thank you so much for your support. Uh, Similarly, (laughs) McNugget says, Colin, GameStop CEO recently slipped up and stated the PlayStation VR will be released this fall. Do you think this is an accurate time frame? I think it makes perfect sense because Sony hasn't talked about VR in depth and would allow them to focus on VR at E3 2016. If you believe this is true, what games would you want to see as launch titles? This is all in the same thing. I think it's true. Because you mentioned it before, too, over there. Yeah. Are we totally fucking wrong about how much PlayStation VR is going to cost? Yeah, I think so. Motherfucker. I think so. God damn it. So 600 for Oculus and 800 for Vive, is that right? Yeah, I I think think so. I mean, I I think that's what I was saying. It's like we just don't, you know, I think we know a lot about games, a lot about the game industry. I'll always stand by by that. Like, I know PlayStation inside and out, but when it comes to tech and when it comes to hardware, I don't. So, like, my assumption was that it was going to be a certain price and we're clearly wrong so like yeah. and i think that that's why sony is probably listening to this shit like this because they do listen to the show and they're like jesus christ like if these guys need to shut the fuck up because <laughs> how many hundreds of thousands of people you know like is it gonna cost eight hundred dollars i don't think there's any way it's gonna cost eight hundred dollars i think it'll probably be five maybe at the at the cheapest we're, we're gonna find out now like th- so to answer the first question there's no way they're gonna hold it that would be stupid they they dumped so much fucking you know <laughs> They researched and developed the fuck out of this thing, you know, and yeah. this thing has been in development for years. I mean, they talk about how they were they, it was being developed years ago. I mean, they probably spent 
billions of dollars on this thing. Manufacturing it, R&Ding it, traveling around the world, doing trade shows. I mean, all that shit comes together and uh, costs a lot of money. Yeah. And there's no, they got to get the thing on the market as soon as it's ready. And I think if there's, so it's all conjecture. I don't know what the hell is going on out there. I'm not even that, I love PSVR and I'm interested in it, but I'm not interested enough to like talk to people and poke sources about it. I'd rather save that you're not gonna go, I care yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. But burn, like really, burn your relationship favors to find out more. Right, about exactly. That. So it's not something I poke a lot of people on. But, but I think it's possible that they took it back inside and they're like, we got to take shit out of this. And like, how can we cut? Bring it down. Yeah, price. like. Interesting. You know, without sacrificing quality of the games and stuff like that. I think that's one possibility. I think the other possibility is that they never said when it was going to be ready. You know, like. Well, I thought they, I mean, they said this year. They said year. this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they never said it was going to be. You know, we, we, we were, were reading things. Same. We were reading things in the E3. We were reading things in No Man's Sky. We were reading all these things about well, they release at the same time. Fall does make sense because if it's more expensive, then it might be your Christmas present, um, or there might be Black Friday deals or bundles. Mm-hmm. Would I love for them to release this thing at three hundred or four hundred dollars? Sure, but if these other things are comparable, and I think they are, these other devices, then they're going to eat shit. You know what I mean? And they can't afford to eat four hundred dollars on every unit, so they die. Sure. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm going to buy it whatever it costs. But like, but it, you know, it's. I think if you if this thing comes out at five hundred, even yeah, five hundred, four ninety nine, right? If it comes out at four ninety nine, five hundred dollars, it's in fucking a world of hurt because that is not the kind of you're talking about such a such a smaller install base, and then it really gets down to well, what what was Sony projecting on this? What is you know what I mean? What were they expecting sell through rate? What what did they expect to actually move in terms of units? And how have they prepped developers for that? Right. Because like it's the same, it it will be move again, which is I when they originally announced VR, right? That's what I was saying. Then I played it over and over and over again. I'm like, this is awesome. And but that's when we were driving towards I thought an affordable price point, five hundred bucks and above. This is move again. It comes out with a resounding thud. First wave adopters buy it. There's cool shit on it. Not amazing shit, but cool shit on it. They're enjoying it or whatever. Sports champions. You're sports champions, and developers immediately look at those numbers and like, nope, not making a PlayStation VR game. Or a VR game, for that matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, again, it just slowly dies out. I don't know. That's terrifying. I hope. I wish I that. knew, even off the record in my head, what the what the price was going to be. I just don't. Yeah. I don't know. I'll buy it at $800. But, it's, but I agree with you that their expectations for this thing has to be very metered. Because why would anyone make games unless they're subsidizing? This, this is a thing where if Sony wants games, they're going to have to pay for them. Sure. And it makes you wonder at what cost. I mean, how much is it going to cost them to make this a thing? But I still think they're smart getting in on this now. Sure. They did all the R&D. Like, they have a device. And I think that VR is going to be something that's viable. But then this guy saying, you know, it's an interesting question, but saying, like, just wait and reduce the price of it. And, like, but, like, the components cost what they cost now, and they need the money now. Yeah. You know, like, they can't just put this thing on the shelf. They have projections of what this thing's going to sell. The fall is when it's coming out. They've already, it's clear, it's not one of those things because in my mind, half of me is like, I wonder if they're never going to release it. You know, like at the end of the day, they're like, yeah, we, never mind. We read the market, no thanks. And, uh, but then they're going to fucking burn bridges with all of these developers that are going to be fucking furious, you know, that yeah. they've dumped all their money into these games, including their first parties, which they wasted a bunch of time with. Their R&D costs are going to be sunk and they're never going to get those costs back. And then the GameStop CEO basically saying, like, we know we're going to have PSVR. Like they bought, they bought them already and yeah. they're probably manufactured. So, or they're going to be manufactured this summer. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Fascinating. Yeah, we. I mean, last year we were talking about it. You know, like this would be the fun thing to watch. It was like the, a new hardware launch. What does that look like? What is? How's it all going to pan out? It's going to be so the the dichotomy between the PS4 and 
the PSVR unit is going to be so stark if this is true because PS4 kills, PSVR might not or probably won't. And then does that drag PS4 down? Does that hurt its name? And I don't, I don't know. Like there's a lot of questions. There are a lot of questions. Move didn't yeah. hurt PS3. PS3 actually started doing better when Move came out. Sure. Well, I, I, but that, but that know, correlation, not causation. Not, yeah, yeah. yeah, correlation, not causation. School, everybody, go to it. It's fun. T hot to handle. Wrote in kind of funny.com slash PSQ, just like you can. It says, hey, fellas. So recently I was playing through The Walking Dead Season 2 on my PlayStation 4, and it made me realize again how much I hated the part where you have to stitch up Clementine's arm. It made me sick to my stomach the first time I played it. This then got me thinking about if there are any memorable moments in games for you guys that made you feel dirty inside. Thanks, guys. P.S. I love the show, and thanks for all the hard work. Uh, what immediately jumped to mind for this, not dirty, but like grossed out, like kind of thing, uh, Dead Space 2. Did you ever play through the end of the Dead Space 2? No. At the very end, spoilers, like to move on, you have to take a needle and jam it into Isaac's eye. And they bring the camera in like all right on it. And like, so you see it. And he's like screaming. And like, you're Isaac, of course. But it's just like, fucking shit. I remember that really. I can't deal with things touching my eye, let alone jamming a needle in a fucking thing that grabs. It was like, ooh, even right now. No, thank you. Honestly, I can't think of one. I'm not a very squirmy person. You know, like, uh, Unless you get tickled. You know, I went out with... Uh, um, Aaron and one of her nursing friends and sure. they were talking about how like they tell you know sometimes they talk about you know nursing school or the things they've done and the things they've seen yeah um, and how it's uh, it's gross for normal people you know they didn't talk about anything there but I'm like I, I think I'd be fine because I you know people are like don't talk when you're about pooping or peeing when you're eating I'm like why not who cares yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so I, I don't honestly what happened in Downton Abbey a few weeks ago way more disturbing to me sure because it was just out of fucking nowhere that's the most disturbing shit I watched I was there for that part yeah. you freaked out I was just like, what the fuck? What the hell? But no, I hear you. I was out to uh, brunch a couple weekends ago with a friend who has a baby. And him and his wife were telling stories about how this kid almost ate its own shit or whatever. And it was like, well, just as the food got there. And like some of the people were like, hmm, we don't have kids. But like to them, that's just normal life. What do they care? They see this kid shit all the time, I'm sure. Eat up all their money. They're one day going to be broken by it and it'll never come visit. Next question comes from Endlos. Endlos says... Hey, GNC. LTFT. I've recently noticed the surprisingly low price for the new Ratchet and Clank. And then he puts in parentheses here. Rat shit and wank. Which I hadn't ever heard. And then he goes, I've been really looking forward to this. <laughs> There's so many mixed messages. The last one I played was Ratchet and Clank 2 for PS2. And I've been itching to play one since. Don't know how you missed all the other ones that have come out. What do you guys think of the low price of the game? It's 40 bucks, by the way. Why do you think it's priced so low? To be honest, it kind of puts me off a little bit as a pr low price tag to me feels like it might ha be a half-hearted game. I know this is a bit narrow-minded of me, so thought to seek the opinion of two of the coolest, the two coolest dudes in video gaming. Thanks and keep up the good work. Tom from England. Oi. No, I was surprised when that happened. Yeah. And I understand the optics of that. But this is what we're always talking about. You always talk about exploring what a game should cost, right? You assume the idea here is it's $40 so that when mom and pop take the little kid to see the movie, they then leave and see this game that is affordable and they pick up this game and the $400 system that runs it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Uh, well, yeah, honey, I, I, do I don't know. I, I don't know that this is the game they wanted to do that with, but it might be a $40 game. I agree. You explore the middle. You can explore both sides. Yeah. You, you know, games are worth more than 60 or less than 10 I mean, for free, whatever. Um, as we've talked about many times, but yeah, I was surprised that Ratchet wasn't going to be a $60 game because even like, I think Tearaway Unfolded or whatever the fuck it was called was $60. So it's like, 
not that I'm saying that that's not a $60 game. I'm just saying that Ratchet, their first Ratchet is a me, pretty meaty game, and, and this is supposed to be a remake of it, so I, I'm surprised that they, you know, they, they aren't... But they want to sell it, and, and, I, and I think Ratchet is a very injured brand right now, so I think that you get, you get it in people's hands and you surprise them. Mm-hmm. That's probably mm-hmm. the idea. I and hope they so. they can keep going. Because I'm of the same ilk of just like, that's a weird game to launch at 40 bucks when it's supposed to be you ratchet it's supposed to be this big thing it's you know the remake of one but it looks like a cg movie and it's awesome and da, 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 da. for me it does i mean it's just i think years of conditioning where it is like hmm it does that mean they don't believe in it does this does this you know what i mean when in reality yeah hopefully it is just like it's a marketing move to get ratchet again get ratchet goodwill get it new fans get people playing these games get insomniac out there making more stuff resistance would be nice never never again we'll get resistance again that's probably not from them Ted Price won't allow anybody to make it. That's not possible. Uh, it's called some gun- two other people it's already called, made versus It's called games. Guns and Bombs. It's possible. Guns and Bombs. No one is going to do it again. He says he cocks his shotgun. Well, after Burning Skies, who can blame him? What a great name for a game, though. Yeah, really good name. Yeah. Remember Retribution. That's the one we need to follow up yeah, on. Ben. What is what? I want more Grayson stories. <laughs> You know what I mean? You put a lot on here. You put a lot on here. You look for what's going to get me. What's going to what's going to jive? I wouldn't mind going and eating. I'm going to give you one more and then the one. Or you want the final one more? We'll just give you the one more. How about that? Yeah, one more. Where are we going? We going to ramen? Is that what you want? Yeah, it's just it's just it's easy. easy. Yeah. Mike the Ludophile says greetings and salutations. I have no career path yet. I love games, but I fear that a game in the industry will leave me wishing that I had chosen a path. Game in the industry. No, I, I fear that a career in the industry will leave me wishing that I had chosen a path with more substantial contributions to humanity, such as a doctor. Do you find yourselves morally fulfilled with your life choices and career paths? P.S. TMO XOXO. I do. I here's here's what I'd say right now about what he's saying. Right, I think he has no career path yet. He loves games, but fears the career. I think you don't want a, game, a career in games. Everybody I know who works in games and is in games and this is their life and da da da. It is that um, I, it has that the fourth grade Greg Miller story of I'm reading Game Pro and this is what I want to do with my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like whether it's making games, whether it's talking about games, the path to this is hard as fuck. And there's gonna be moments when it's so hard. You're like why would I even bother doing this? But if, and so if you don't have that fire inside you that you're going to do this, if you don't have that I'm going to make this happen drive, then it's not going to happen for you. And that's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. We need doctors. We need other things. But yeah, I don't. This isn't one you'd be like. Eh, making games would be cool. Eh, writing about games would be cool. Both those jobs are unforgiving and a pain in the ass. So no, you have to be driven to do this. You have to want to do this with everything you are. You have to feel it in your fucking fibers of your being. Yeah, I mean. I've been in this industry, writing in this industry for 13 years, paid 13 years, and I've been writing about games for 17 years. So I'm, I'm a veteran of this of this industry mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and I have curiosity every day about what I could have done if I didn't do this. But that's not because I don't like to do it. It's because I'm just curious. Sure. Um, you know, I left the opportunity at grad school to do this and a great job to do this. And, uh, and I'm not talking about kind of funny. I'm talking about games. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, I sometimes wonder what life would look like with a normal, more normal life. I've talked about that in the past. About I used to have dreams back when I, we were making much less money and and working really fucking crazy hours and all that kind of stuff. Where I'm like, I would just be, I would love to sit at a desk five days a week, make ninety thousand dollars, leave at five o'clock, 
and enjoy games and check it out. Yeah, yeah. just check out and not have to worry. But about But that's work. like a death wish. You sure. know what I mean? Like you think you'd want that, but then you'd get it and be like, oh fuck. No, me. there's no way I actually want that. So you have to look at that, and that was just me at a dire time in my life where I was just like, yeah. I just fucking I need to get paid. You know, and like and like live a normal life and not you know be living paycheck to paycheck and all that kind of stuff because it's hard and a lot of people out there do that kind of stuff and it's 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 that's just the real world but i wanted more we all do and you wanted more tonic yeah good jam uh so to me this industry has been a blessing i don't think i'm going to be in this industry forever and there are other things that i want to do but this industry has given me the opportunity to do those things. And for right now, I'm in a very embryonic state with a project that I'm super fucking excited about that I just learned about today that hopefully will go somewhere. That'll do concurrent to this. But one day, I hope to retire from this and hopefully retire comfortably and write or something. I don't know. So what I'm saying is that you're not necessarily locked into the decisions you make either. It's just it's risky, right? Like I went to Northeastern and I got a history degree, an American history degree. That is not a smart thing to do, and in my opinion, you know, like I did it anyway because I loved it. What should what should you do if you want to make money? Get a STEM degree and make a lot of money. Be a pharmacist, make a lot of money. Yeah. Be a doctor, make a lot of money. But if you want to take a risk and get an English degree or a literature degree or a philosophy degree or a journalism degree or a history degree, do those kinds of things, and it opens you up. You don't have to. You can, I can bring you to law school. I can bring you to teaching. I can bring you all sorts of things. There's no wrong path. Just don't feel like you ever have to not just take that path forever because you don't. Yeah. You know, I got the thing I say about the games industry is that it's been very kind to me. But there are people in this industry that could have given the opportunities they gave me to anyone else. Once I got my like, I always use the analogy that like someone like cracked the door for me and I fucking I like booted it open. Like, no way you're closing that door on me again. Yeah. I didn't expect it was going to ever open. I didn't even want it to open. I wasn't even the thing that I thought would happen. It just did. And uh, it could have been anyone literally anyone that that happened to. And once the door was open, I kicked it open and I'm like, you're never closing this door again and I'm fucking rushing through it and I'm getting everything I want out of this and I did. And I've tried to close the door on you so many no, times. No, yeah, you did. And this was, this was when I was 17. This was 2002. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, when I was writing on GameFAQs and doing all sorts of shit and being a dumb little kid on the internet, I never thought that it would leave me here. Never in a million years. I wanted to be an archaeologist. I wanted to be an historian. I wanted to do scholarly things and I didn't do them. Um, and so, yeah, I wonder about that sometimes, but I don't have to do this forever and I can go do that if I want. I just know it's never going to happen. There's no way in God's green earth I'm going back into a college again. I have my fucking degree. I'm good. <laughs> um, I have nightmares still about fucking college. Oh, you yeah. know, like, so the one thing I will say in all candor, and I say this to people is the, if you want to be on the game dev side and you have the skills to do that, the engineering skills or the art skills, or whatever your, your chances of, of success are pretty good. If you work hard, your chances of success doing what we do are not good. And that's not to say that we're better than anyone at it. It's just to say like, it's so much rare to be able to do something like this for all the games that are made on PlayStation. There are really only a few PlayStation podcasts that anyone listens to. Right. So yeah. it's like, you know, you have to just weigh the pros and the cons and the risk of what you're going to do with the return that you might not like. And that's just the name of the game. And so I often tell people, young kids, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, whatever, or 30, 40, whatever you are, Think carefully about what you're doing because I did not think carefully about what I was doing at Northeastern until I was done. And I look at people that were around me, my friend Kevin with his electrical engineering degree, my friend Natasha with her pharmacy degree, the lawyers I went to school with. You know, they're murdering. And uh, you just have to be careful about the real world applications of what you're going to do. But the gaming industry is just as real as anything else. You can get in it and you can make a lot of money here and you can be successful and you can be happier. But 
you know, so this is a little bit of a ramble, but I like talking about this topic because sure. I, I, I want to, I want people to be realistic about what they're doing too, where everyone's like, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, I want to get into games journalism. And lately I've been saying like, I don't know if that's a good idea. You know, like your chances of success are very minimal, you know, but if that's what you really want, then fucking go get them. Sure. Because you and that's, but that's you know, the whole thing right. is like, even for us, our chances were minimal, mm-hmm. right? And I guess since you kind of stumbled into it or whatever, like my, ch- I knew my chances sucked. You know what I mean? But it was that fire of like, no, I knew it was going to happen. It was going to happen. You know what I mean? It wasn't, eh, right. It seems like it'd be cool to do. But is there, and this is where, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be like ruin anyone's dreams or whatever. I, no, I'm you're talking, being real with people, yeah, which I'm, more people need to be. I'm trying to be, yeah, be realistic and real about what's happening. You knew it was going to happen, and it did happen for you. But there's a level of delusion there, right? Like sure. there was a level of delusion with me thinking that because I was an intern at IGN that I would get a job there. Yet I got my job offer, you know, what, like immediately when I graduated. Sure. I didn't even interview for yeah, it. Yeah, nothing's guaranteed. Right, exactly. So like, there is a level of del- of self in- like self instituted delusion. Sure. That you have to just never question. But I feel know? like I've but, met- but, but would you have regretted it five years after you got your job at IGN if you never got that job? You would have given up eventually, you know. And then like, you you had to have, you know. And there, or I would have done what we did here and just act something out, right? I was already writing about games at the Tribune. You know what I mean? Like, that was a, th- a job and a position and a column and a magazine blog post. You know what I mean? Like, that's all shit I made happen. That they w- that wasn't a position there. You right. know, I, whatever. I move out of Columbia. I go work at another newspaper. I'm still trying to get on here. But I would write about games for them. You know what I mean? And that's when it starts becoming a thing <clears> of, like, well, what is the balance? Rather than just being full-time, I'd be doing it part-time or whatever. Yeah. Or part of the job I already have. The funny thing about this is that, like, you could carve out a niche for yourself or a big company one day like Rooster Teeth did for instance yeah. on YouTube or just in video format or audio format or whatever and just do your thing regardless on the side until you grow it big enough to where it can be sustain you full time and there's no real risk to doing that as long as you're not willing as you're willing to say goodbye to that time that you, would, you have to do student right. some, and some sunken costs but I just don't want I just hate saying to people and I've, I've said it for a long time I just hate saying to people like you know you can do it because you could do it but is it is it smart for you to try? That's like sometimes what I think about. I'm just trying to be realistic. I'm almost trying to be like a parent or something where I'm yeah, like, no, 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 totally. You could get that engineering degree, man, and make and work at Boeing and make like $175,000 a year. And you could, and it's going to be frankly way easier for you to do that. You know what I mean? Your chance of success, as long as you're studious and you work hard and you find your way into one of these companies, you go work at NASA, you go work at one of these places with a degree that will always be relevant, with a skill that will always be relevant. Yeah. That like, that I wish someone said that to me, and so that's why I only say it to people now. So, like, if you want to be a writer or something like that, I was, then that's great. I want, I'm going to write for the rest of my life. I love that. But I've been really blessed with the opportunities I've been given that could have just never happened. And then where would I have been? Yeah, you know I mean, that's kind of like that's kind of like what what I'm wondering. Meanwhile, my buddy Kevin with his electrical engineering degree will always be in demand. Always could write his ticket forever. You know, the guy with the, that has his uh, you know, has his uh, he's a psychologist or he's a uh, you know, he's a um, a lawyer, some lawyers, maybe a little saturated, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like a, a skill that's mean. marketable, a skill sure. that will never go away. Like, because one of the things I fear candidly, and I can be candid with our audience because I always am, is I sometimes worry, like, what if this blows up? And then, and then what? Kinda what the funny. fuck am I supposed to do? Mm. You know what I mean? You ever think about that? Like, no. but I mean, like, in a, in a practical way of like, <laughs> but like, I mean, it's again, it's I know it won't. And if it I did, it I would either, go right or I would go do whatever. I'd I know go it back. won't either. But what I'm saying is like, I don't want to be tethered to you know an industry or something like when you could have a skill that might be more I, I guess what i'm saying is like i would i just wish people would you know consider math or physics or like biology or chemistry or like you know like sure. 
But you got to do what your heart people, wants you to do. You do. And that's what we, and it's so selfish for me to say that. Right. right because, exactly. Because you did exactly what you wanted to, but you had it. I mean, I, when we talk about this, I, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but I, it's one of those, I hear you and I, I feel you, I hear you and I hear you, I think discouraging people who are similar to our writer here uh, of talking about like, eh, is it really what I want? It sounds cool. You're not going to make it. You know what I mean? But think about when if you we, have the heart. When we met Vince, when we met Brian, when I met Brian Albert, right? Knowing Roger Porcorny. Now, Porcorny, yeah, I said it right that time, right? Long Island's very own. Yeah. yeah. Those, I mean, from the moment I talked to Brian and Vince, I was like, yo, these kids are going to make it. And oh, both yeah. ended up working with me at IGN, right? Yeah. And from the moment I saw Roger's first video, I was like, oh, this kid's going to make it. Sure. I'm not saying, like, there's going to be people that replace us. There's people that are way better at this than us. All I'm saying is that, like, you, I just want people to be pragmatic. It's sure. really important. We do need artists. We do need writers. We do need pe- thinkers, deep thinkers, and philosophers, and all those kinds of things are really important. But I'll give you guys uh, advice that that it was common in history when I was studying, which is that 50% of all history PhDs never find a job in the field ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you had to know that. They told you that early. Are you sure? You know, but when yeah. you're 18 or 19 or 20, you're like, of course, I'm sure I have these fucking tattoos on my arms and I'm obsessed with this shit. Of course, I'm sure because I wanted it and I know I could have done it. Yeah. And I would have done it. But there were some people that were more wishy-washy that disappeared. Yeah. You know, or knew that their history degree was a jumping off point to law school or a jumping off point to the military, which a lot of them went into or to be an officer and stuff like that. Sure. And I was like, so just know what you're getting yourself into. That's all I'm saying, because I don't want people to feel like they wasted their time. And I, I would rather give people practical and pragmatic advice that might not be what they want to hear as opposed to them thinking back and being like, man, Colin and Greg had some shitty fucking advice and I wasted five years trying to do this and I can't or I didn't or I don't or I won't, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I like talking about this kind of stuff, but I also like being you know practical about how, I guess the, the thing is that I was good at what I did and I'm good at what I do, but I was so fucking lucky. That's the thing I'm saying and you cannot account for that. When I got emailed by Chris Carl and Stephen Ng in 2002 to, to like write strategy guides, it could have been anyone. But that it was, was you because you there. made your name, though, right? Because you were sure. so diligent. You had done so much work. Sure, exactly. But it could have been any of us. That's that's the only thing. There were people there. I, I stand to this day. The people there were way better than I was. Yeah. You know, that never got a, that email. And so there was something about me. But I will say when that opportunity hits and that opportunity strikes, fucking carpe diem, man. Because, like, who knows if I was just like, eh, if I waited a day or two to email them back. Sure. Or if I, like, didn't say, like, can I just come out and, like, show you guys what I got? Yeah. You know, like. But so once it happened to me, I, I did make myself and I am proud of myself. I am self-made in that way. I did do it from the very beginning in and made it happen. But it could have never happened if a sequence of people weren't kind enough to let it happen. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It takes so much more than skill and so much more than work ethic. People out there are going to work 10 times harder than we did and not happen because they just did not have that serendipitous sequence of events happen for them. And so, you know, it's something worth considering. You know, I want everyone to be out there to be successful and happy. We can always play games, you know, um, but if you have that drive, and you have that heart, then there's not there, it, it won't necessarily hurt you to try. But um, I don't know. I'm just trying to give. Good I'd advice. rather you try and fail. You know, I'd rather you believe in the, that you think you're one of these people I'm talking about that has it, has the spark in you and the drive to do it. You, I, I would have much rather tried and failed than making all this work and just be a reporter somewhere in a newspaper and know that I tried rather than not try at all. That's a good point. So, I mean, to like shelf it and be like, well, it's tough. I'm going to go be. A philosopher or whatever right but on the other hand if you feel like you have a five percent chance of doing this but a 30 percent chance of doing this or whatever you know like i don't know I, I don't know i don't know if i'm making any sense or I'm, I'm people are not understanding what i'm saying maybe they will maybe they won't but i feel like it's just i, I just think, i think you're making sense you're fine it's just that you're the more negative and i'm the more positive yeah That's I, I just i just want people to be i just want people to think about the long term and think about the marketable skills think about 
the financial success and the the happiness that stability might bring you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we've had a very stable existence in this industry, blessed blessedly so, more and more stable than ever now. Yeah, not a lot of people doing that. But there's it's very rare, and on this side of the industry, and I know people that have fucking scraped by for years, working so hard and being so talented. Yeah, I just don't want to see everyone down that road. I don't want to see people we care about and people we love out there down that same road when they could have done something else that brought, would have brought them more fortune and more happiness. And sure, you know, I don't know. Time for P.S. I love this best friend XOXO. This, of course, is where we read you a PSN name and a little sob story about it. You go over befriend that PSN friend. Become a best friend with them. Play games with them. Enjoy their company. Dear Colin and Greg, this is from Alex. Long time, first time. After recently graduating college and moving in with my girlfriend, I have found myself playing fewer and fewer competitive games online. Although I have successfully turned my girlfriend into an avid gamer herself, she prefers to play more casual cooperative games. We have a great time playing games like Lego Dimensions, Guacamelee, and... Most recently, Nom Nom Galaxy. But I often miss the satisfaction of more competitive games. Although I do have to admit, she does kick my ass in Rocket League. Can the coolest dudes in video games help me meet some kind of funny best friends to get in on some online games with? My PSN name is, parentheses, and this is possible, this is possibly two segments in one, end parentheses, One Man Wolfpack 7. But, of course, that would be too easy. So it is. O N three underscore M A N underscore W zero L F P A K seven. I have often dreamed of hearing Greg fumble through my PSN name, so thank you for that. Please, Sean, let us. I'm just kidding, shoe. Love forever, but seriously, let us change our PSN names. Remember, when the underscore and letters in place and numbers were cool. Yeah, me neither. But anyways, you both do an awesome job with what you do. Thank you for everything. Thank you, Alex. Colin. Yes. What's this week's Forgotten Places? Oh, now you want me to talk about it? The audience last time is the ones who didn't want you to talk about it. The one guy had you know a little thing. He wanted to chime in. He wanted to be part of the show. The the answer is Tokyo Jungle. Oh. Someone guessed this, which I thought was really funny on the Facebook. Really? Where he's like, yeah, someone was like, I bet you he's going to talk about Tokyo Jungle. I'm like, how the fuck did you know that? Um, Tokyo a P- Jungle. A PS Now game, I believe, right? Uh, I think it is on Now. Uh, I remember when this came out. And I, I was excited about it. Like, what is this game? And I was like, wow, this is... I remember people gathering around... This was one of the most curious games that IGN when we worked there. People gathered yeah. around my TV and were like obsessed with it. Yeah. Like for a few days. Um, it's a weird game. Yeah. Made by Very Studio weird. Japan. And I think Camp was involved. There's a few Japanese like developers that were kind of like going back and forth on it. Um, and it's a game where you play as an animal. And a little Pomeranian. And, Pomeranian and then you like evolve into stronger animals. And it's about how long you can survive basically yeah. in this world, eating and, and not being killed and, and finding love and mating and all. It's a weird, it's a weird, weird game. It's on PS3. Um, I recommend it highly. I think it's great. I think it's super novel and unique. We talk about unique games, games that there's nothing like this game yeah. before or since. And uh, I think people out there will enjoy it. Go check it out. PS3, Tokyo Jungle. It's a first party game. Um, it should be cheap. I can't imagine it's more than 10 bucks now. I don't really know for sure. Uh, but that was the game I wanted to talk about. I think people will like it very much if they haven't played it. And if you have played it, go back and check it out again. This week on PSN's worst name of the week, I'm lifting a ban. Wrath's Revenge wrote in on kindoffunny.com slash forums and uh, gave us a name he saw. I'm usually I'm, I'm trying to get off the saw. I saw this. It's not a Rocket League one, so that's fine. However, Wrath's Revenge writes, just to chime in, I was playing the Division beta on PS4, got grouped with a guy whose name was Whalecome WTF. Yeah, I thought you should know. Obviously, the new rules of worst name of the week have changed, but it's still nice to share this messed up stuff. I agree. I think Whalecome, what the fuck, is a pretty great name that needs to be put out here. You know what I mean? 
One thing I feel bad about, though, when we do this is that, like, there are people listening at Sony and they're like, well, well he didn't, like, this guy got his name blown up. Now maybe he's going to get his name deleted. You know? Yeah, I don't think anybody that high up is li- well, there's Nobody on that team's listening. High up people do listen to the show. I know, but I mean, like, Shuhei isn't listening and then he's like, you know what? Subject line, whale come, what the fuck? It needs to be banned. End uh, of message. Action required at all caps. <laughs> whale come, WTF, delete. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PSI Love You XOXO. Remember. It is the kind of funny.com PlayStation podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. It is posted every Tuesday at 9 a.m. as one big MP3 and on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. So please rate us on iTunes. If we're not popping your subscription feed, you might need to unsub and then resub. It's some weird thing. I don't know why that's happening. Um, and yeah, be a friend. Go to the forums. Talk to the kids there. Chime in. Do stuff. Come play the division with me when we get to that point. Follow Colin on Twitter. Every episode of P.S. I Love You XOXO ends in a song and a segment we call Singing to Shuhei. This is where one of you fine listeners writes in to kindoffunny.com slash PSM, the M's for music. You go there to the forums. You post your YouTube video of your the song you made. You have to be in this band or something. You can't just be something you found a Red Hot Chili Pepper song and send me that. You post the YouTube video. You post a download link for your song. Then we read the little message here. Now, Colin, do you remember a name called jmac 24 no, honestly. Last week during Singing to Shuhei, JMac24 <laughs> wrote in and said, could you guys put up a playlist of all the songs played on Singing to Shoe? And I said, yes, I will. So I sent it off to Jericho, our, our PS, I guess, I Love You XOXO mod, who puts up all the threads about PS, I Love You pretty much. And I said, hey, dude, it'd be awesome if we had a playlist for all the songs. And he said, hey, dude, that's been on kindoffunny.com slash PSM the entire time. The top thread has a little thing. It says show spoiler. You can expand and see every list. But because clearly that was buried and a lot of people, including myself, didn't see it, they have now made a playlist thread. So you can go there and see every song. Today, we're adding a song. From X Snackwell X. He says, Hey, I play bass for an instrumental band called Tracers. We put out an, our first EP, Jealousy, this past summer. Here's a track from it. You can find our stuff on iTunes, Spotify, etc. Thanks for checking it out. You can keep up keep up with us at www.facebook.com slash I C S E E, like you're seeing with your eyes. Tracers. T R A C E R S. I like the instrumental song. I think you do good work. Snackwell, not the cookie. You remember Snackwells when they were a huge deal? I do. A lot of commercials. Green box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that guy and always in a lab coat. Like, yeah. why, are you, why is this lab tech? What was the thing, though? They, they were healthier? Yeah. They were yeah. healthier cookies when they weren't even that healthy. Really. It reminds me of like Seinfeld or something. I don't know why. Like, maybe yeah. they were No, they did, do, they did do some Snackwell, uh, in a Snackwell episode. Anyway, this is Snackwell's band, Tracers from their EP Jealousy. Check them out everywhere. And until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.